Internet, what is up? Nobody blink because we have officially arrived probably in February. A month of 2022 gone already. I hope you don't blink because that's how it goes these days. The older I get, at least, the quicker time passes before my eyes. And so February, here we are. And we've got our good friend Monique Hawk sitting down on the podcast with us. It's a riot. Okay, this one is a barn burner. We got a little bit out of control on this one. And I can't take any responsibility because she's a force of nature and cannot be fucking corralled. So, but we had a great time. Lots of laughs on this one. Lots of super inappropriate shit as to be expected on this podcast. So without further ado, let's fucking G-O. You like Thin mints are good. Thin mints? Yeah. Yeah. What is it with girls liking? Minty chocolatey things. I think probably it's because the we're most conditioned to sell the fuck out of them wearing Girl Scouts. If I was, if remember how we were talking about time travel earlier? Mm-hmm. If I could go back in time, I would do two things. I would kill Adolf Hitler, and then I would fucking kill whoever invented mint chocolate chip ice cream because I think it's disgusting. Weird, because you have it in your freezer. Yeah. Riddle me that. It's like for people that show up that like that type of shit tampons and mint chocolate chip yeah. ice cream is this one of those like girl traps that you try and have yeah it's for when if if a chick shows up and she's like oh i like i like this thing or like if i explained to you earlier like your buddy that you haven't seen for three years brings his cunty girlfriend to the party are we recording who then yeah of course we are god so damn it <laughs> <laughs> are you serious yeah it's you're a such a <laughs> douche dude <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the show it's <laughs> <laughs> a handy little trick Andy Stumpf taught me that from Cleared Hot. We just call start it the, talking. Yeah, we call it the recording button ambush, where we just start talking. I had a feeling. We push the button. I had a feeling. Yeah, we push the button. Mm-hmm. People don't know what's happening. And then before you know it, like, you're talking and talking. And then you're like 15 minutes into the podcast. And they're like, wait, are you going to push the record button? And then, yeah, no, we've been. We already did. We've already been recording for a while. So, yeah. So, you do you have like an intro, like a spiel that you have to. I mean, I do that. I do that. So we record the podcast, and then you record an intro and an outro after you record the podcast. That's how it usually works. Just wing it, improv. Yeah, I mean, give me intro. No, I mean, yes. Once I'm done talking about my buddy's girlfriend that ruined me not seeing him for three years, shows up to a party, and then goes on her period. You act like it's our fault that we have this ecosystem built in. Right. I mean, you like should. you wake up and then your ovaries choose violence. Like that's not up to us. Like we don't choose that. I mean, but I kind of like feel package like deal. I feel like you should know. You should have enough awareness to know. Like if you're in that season it, during the month, you should have at least enough. Look, awareness. just because we like cry at a freaking Dawn soap commercial doesn't mean that we're gonna know that it's gonna be like Carrie. You know, number two I the mean, next day. Yeah, blood and violence. Anyway. I learned a valuable lesson from that moment when I hadn't seen my friend for three years. They were at the party for like a grand mm-hmm. total of 20 minutes. She begins bleeding through her pants and then that's horrible panics. And he's like, we have to fucking go because she because that's a good because you know what would have happened if he didn't leave with her? He would have paid for it for the rest of his life. Yeah. Because they're married now. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
so what I do That means now, she's got the golden clam. So you can't be mad at that. I just have an SOP now where I just like, I, I'm a dude, a single dude, and I keep tampons in my house in case my friend's wives or girlfriends, when they come over, fucking have that situation. See, that's weird because if like my dude and I went to your place and I was like, oh, I'm going to use the bathroom. I just saw that you had like tampons in there with yeah. no girlfriend. I'm like, this guy's a freak. Or he gets really bad nosebleeds. I mean, I really shouldn't judge. I don't know. I mean, you did go in the bathroom, and so d- d- is it well? It's weird. It's, it's, it's st- weird. It's stocked well. Yeah, It's got all the extra things for anybody that could possibly need them. It's weird. It's not weird. It's called being a good host. Ah, you jealous. That's weird. I mean, that box of tampons is old, and it's... It's like, mm-mm, B-Y-O-T, you know? Bring your own tampon? Yeah. 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 But they don't. But then that then that ruins my. What was I? How do how do you solve this problem and solve for X? Then give me solutions. You're not. But that this is not a problem that you need to solve. If it fucks up me seeing my friend that I haven't seen for then three that years. says more about you and your friendship with him than it does about the girl's, you know, natural processes. Yeah, right? he should have been like, "Bitch, get in the car and go the fuck home. I'm staying with my homie that I haven't I seen think for you're three just years." Just really upset that your homie like chose his freaking girlfriend over hanging out with yeah you what happened to bros before hoes what happened i, know, I to that? think that this has just affected you in a really difficult way and so you're trying to justify it but like oh you know what it's my fault i should have had the freaking tampons there and ready it's my fault so you're taking responsibility which is noble of you but it's just gonna say more about you and actually, your actually i'm a designer and a problem solver <laughs> so i'm just trying to problem solve this from ever happening again have you brought this up with your friend? And realistically, like, how awesome would have it you be? Brought, have you brought this up with your friend? Yeah, we've laughed and joked around about it quite a bit. How did you? Was it? Was it more of like? I mean, a, I oh, f- it's not you. It's me, bro. Yeah. Well, I fuck with her. Like now, every time I've been over to their house or I go see them, I'm like, oh, t- cool. Do you feel like you might bleed and ruin my fucking day today? And she's always like, yeah, I might. Fuck you. And I'm like, okay. It's actually an inside joke. It's a pretty. It, we have a hilarious time talking about it now. But. I mean, like, how would, I mean, let's just put this in context. You show up here, you're on your period, but you didn't bring anything with you. Because according to you, like, sometimes your ovaries, they just choose violence. Yeah, so I would le- I would be like, hey, I'm going to go fucking go to 7-Eleven and get coffee real quick. And you'd be like, okay, like, fucking, I want some, I'd be like, no, I'm going to go by myself. And yeah. then I would go handle it like an adult yeah. because as a problem solver, like you figure out how to solve it. I mean, this is great that you're like this. And then I'd probably go to like Ross and buy pants, you know, mm-hmm. just in case, just in case we're not starting the podcast yeah. talking about. Yes. It's so <laughs> awesome. No, this yes. is so weird. Monique Hawk, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Okay. <laughs> now go ahead. Yes. It's so no. Go ahead and you're introduce yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it's so awesome. I mean, I think that was a good enough introduction. It is. It yeah. is. So go ahead and uh, take this opportunity to now introduce yourself. Um. Hi, everybody. <laughs> it usually starts like that. Hi, everybody. Hey, I am. Monique fill in the blank. From San Diego, California. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You talked about uh, natural processes and, uh, you know. Processes of the female anatomy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's horrible. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming and being on the podcast. Thanks for inviting me. Appreciate yeah. it. Absolutely. And I think as most people have probably ascertained at this point, you have an amazing sense of humor. I try. Mm. I try. Yeah. Laughter is the best medicine, right? I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why don't you back us into how you became, do you want to talk about what your real job is? No, you don't mm-hmm. want to talk. I don't blame you because you do a really good job. I mean, job we can, but. 
Okay, so then would you rather talk about your, how you got to be an amazing artisan? Would you like to talk about that? Sure. I mean, I'd bring up a drawing with crayons, but you'd probably eat them. But I, I would. You know. Red or my favorite? Red, I was going to say. Red or my favorite? Yeah, you look yeah. like a red, red craner. Yeah. Um, as a kid, I always loved drawing. You know, it's, it usually looked like scribbles, and my parents probably just made me feel good by putting it on the fridge, but it kind of progressed a little bit. Um, the pumpkin carving started. They had a pumpkin carving contest. Well, not con- well it, would, it would be like an unofficial contest, but it was a pumpkin carving party with our whole neighborhood. Everyone would come over with their pumpkin before Halloween, and we'd all just carve it. Yeah. So it became an obsession of mine to go to the patch and pick out the perfect one. We also had field trips. So when we were in third grade, there was a pumpkin patch up the street. So we'd leave class. We'd all, all the little kids, you know, like holding hands, leashes, like go to the pumpkin patch. And so I really enjoyed picking pumpkins. They're like this like orange spherical bundle of joy. And the whole jack-o'-lantern concept I thought was really cool. How old were you when you first figured this out? I mean, we... There's p- there's pictures my parents have of me as like two years old, like all excited. I think you did show me. Yeah, you yeah. showed me one where you were like just a little I wee was like sprout. Two. Yeah. Yeah, I could pretty much fit inside of the pumpkin. So about ten, it'll be ten years now. Ten years ago, I decided to sculpt the outside. So I saw somebody do it, Ray Villafane. He's the godfather of pumpkin carving or pumpkin sculpting. He's actually he was a high school teacher. And he started sculpting pumpkins as like a fun thing. And his students went crazy. And then he started doing it full time and made his career with sculpting. He does like sand sculpture, clay, all this. Just he's a badass artist. And I saw one of his pumpkins. I'm like, that looks so cool because it's just completely sculpted from the outside. It doesn't penetrate through the pumpkin. So there's no light coming out. It's just a sculpted uh, gourd. So I was like, I'm going to try it. You know, I was carving pumpkins with my buddy Lanny, and I had a vegetable peeler, a steak knife, and a mechanical pencil, and I sculpted this thing, and Lanny, Lanny was kind of like, what the fuck? Like, how did you do that? I was like, I don't know, dude. Like, I, I, you were sitting right next to me. Like, we were just carving pumpkins. I was like, it looks kind of cool. So then I'm like, well, what if I paint it? It was like this demon. I was like, well, what if I paint it? I was like, oh, man, like, that turned out way cooler than I thought. I was like, I'm going to do another one. So I did a clown. And then I had posted on Facebook and, you know, my friends and family like, wow, like enter in this contest, enter in this contest. So I did that. And then I started winning these contests and I was like, this is crazy. And then my friend sent me something for a news, <laughs> a news uh, contest. I was like, I'll do it, you know? So it was four of us. So I did a local news station and being in San Diego, I'm like, what am I going to carve? So I thought, okay, oh, Ron Burgundy. I'm going to carve Ron Burgundy on the local news station in San Diego because why wouldn't I? Like, Will's vagina, it's the works. I'm going to win. <laughs> so they're interviewing us like, hey, like, oh, what are you carving? You know, the five-year-old kid's like, Batman. You know, oh, what are you carving? And there's like three other adults. And for some reason, she came to me and was like, hey, what are you carving? And I'm like, oh, Ron Jeremy. And then she's like, <laughs> Ron Burgundy? And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I just... Gave. You said Ron Jeremy. I on, said on Ron live. Jeremy on live, tell- and I and she didn't skip a beat. She's like, um, yeah, like maybe on the other side. I was like, I'm sorry, it's not that kind of pumpkin contest, and we just smoothed it over like nothing happened. And all the other contestants are looking at me like, <laughs> ew, you know. And my parents are texting me like, Monique, you know. That's awesome. And that was my first debut on the news. 
So on live TV on the news, you said you were carving Ron Jeremy. I did. Yeah. I did. Um, they didn't ask me to come back, <laughs> but <laughs> I did carve Ron Burke. I didn't win, but uh, I met another cool pumpkin carver who's local. So then that progressed. Another friend sent me a link to do a show on the Food Network. Yeah. And I had no idea that the Food Network had these curving shows. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, I can't. Like, there's no way. I'm not good enough for that. Like, there's no way. And then they called me. And so then that year I was on, um, we filmed the Food Network Halloween Wars Hayride of Horror. So it was two teams of five. And there's three pumpkin carvers, a cake artist, and a sugar artist. And so usually the themes are you have to do some sort of scene. And it has to be all edible medium. So they'll give you a, it'd be like, oh, a, a, do your version of a like zombie possessed zoo that, mm. you know, took over the, the humans. And so we'd have to create this whole thing out of edible medium. And so that was my first time on the food network. Um, when was that? 2017. Okay. 2017. And then the next one was outrageous pumpkins and that was air 2020. And then it's just kind of blown up from there. So yeah. it's a and wild ride. Yeah. Yeah, and so welcome to Utah, right? Thanks. Yeah, so out here filming something fun. I can't talk about it, but until I'm excited it, until it airs. Yeah, until it goes there. Yeah, so can't say much about it. And Sundance was canceled. I was bummed. Yeah. But it's cool. It worked out. We could do this. So. I'm bummed too. Mm -hmm. It was going to be my first Sundance. I was really excited about it. I have a really good friend. I finally had the in. I have a really good friend. She is very... That's her industry. She does film. She writes. She's awesome. And she was going to take me and give me the tour. Basically, but what I'm going to go do with Cato because it's his first yeah. SHOT Show. So we're going to go to SHOT Show. He's so excited. He Look so at you. You're so excited. He is so excited. <laughs> he's a total, he's a gun nerd. So excited. Loves. I'm bummed things. I can't go, honestly. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm really disappointed because it's been two years. So I'm bummed. Yeah, because that, all the high fives. that was your that was your industry at one point in time, mm -hmm. correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I worked in the gun industry for a few years prior to law enforcement. Yeah, I thought you you weren't going to talk. Well, now we now can. Now no, we can. Now you fucked up. Now you got to talk about it. Yeah, I don't. I totally fine talking about it. Okay. <coughs> the pumpkin. Actually, you know what's funny? I wanted to do a an event called Pumpkins with the Police, mm. and. My whole, because of the... That would have been great for community outreach. It would have been great. And I had had it all planned out and then COVID kind of messed it up. But my whole plan was to, w there's a an organization that works with a lot of kids and underprivileged mm -hmm. kids. So it'd be working with that organization and have them, you know, pick up kids from different schools, bring them to the pumpkin patch. Mm -hmm. And I had worked it out with my pumpkin sponsor, if you will. And each kid was going to get a small pumpkin. And then it was going to be a positive interaction with the police and they'd get like a little tip of like safe Halloween trick-or-treating mm -hmm. lists. And then there'd be fun challenges. So I'd have like, you know, a couple captains and chiefs doing like a five minute like pumpkin decorating challenge and the kids vote on it, that type of thing. Um, so I had it all planned out, pumpkins with the police. And then COVID. and then the big, ugly, toothless, mm -hmm. fangless, worthless COVID monster showed up. Mm -hmm. I, I did a COVID pumpkin. I did. Mm. COVID mat like a masked pumpkin, mm -hmm. but um, maybe I think one I saw day. that on your feed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so maybe one day, maybe it'll happen. Mm. We'll see. Pumpkins with the police, because they have like coffee with a cop and stuff, you know. Yeah. But one day. 
Okay, so now we're going to have to go way back. Okay, so we started like two years old. You love pumpkins. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you are a I very... I still love pumpkins. You're, <laughs> you're a complete, unique human being. Like, I don't know any other professional pumpkin carvers that are all also law enforcement officers. <laughs> it's a really weird thing to be good at. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but it's awesome. It's awesome. Like, your site is amazing, and your portfolio is crazy. Thank you. The Night King. I call it my... Uh, defunding plan yeah yeah oh you're de- that's your defunding <laughs> that's my defunding plan. defund the police plan. yeah i'll just go carve and sculpt uh, fruit on like cruise ships or something yeah i mean you could totally pull it off for sure so and all my coworkers are really cool about it it's it's like the odd thing to be good at right mm-hmm. so they kind of just let me do my thing and every october i'm <laughs> pretty much taking the whole mm-hmm. month off and i uh carve some crazy pumpkins and come back but i usually try and hook them up with some stuff and thank them for letting me take so much time off. So you, okay. So age 20, you discover that you have this knack for carving pumpkins. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then how, how do you get into the firearms industry? So age 20, you love pumpkins, Mm -hmm. start pumpkin carving, but then you're like, Oh, I also love the second amendment and firearms. So yeah. So that also started young. Uh, My dad taught us how to shoot and my parents have a cabin up in the mountains and their squirrels are mm-hmm. pesky up there. So it was like, cool, like 10 bucks a head squirrel head. Cause got to get these, these things out. But he had taught us how to shoot and let's see, 20, I was, val- the, I was valeting. The PETA people right now are losing their minds. I don't think PETA listens to your podcast. <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm gonna go <laughs> yeah, out on a limb. Yeah, they don't. And, uh, if they say do that, if they do, maybe they're progressive PETA. Yeah. Or progressive they, can, PETA. they can fuck straight off. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, either or yeah. mm-hmm. they're not going to like it. Um, so you're whacking, you're schwacking squirrels. So I was 20. Yeah. I was valeting cars during college. Mm -hmm. And then fast forward, I had started working at a gun range in San Diego and kind of ran their membership department and then kind of stayed in the the firearms industry. I worked for a tactical manufacturer, the DDT bag Mm -hmm. that you're, you kind of dig. Um, and so then I just got to work with a bunch of different companies and kind of just stay in that industry. And I love it. You know, I think the second amendment is extremely important. Uh, definitely a constitutionalist, if you will. But the only reason why we're not like Germany or Australia right now is because of the second amendment. Oh, I completely agree. agree. So like those fuck sticks in Canada. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Canada's, uh, Canada's wild right now. Yeah, Canada's wild. Australia is super wild. Mm-hmm. Australia is leading the charge in transformation to socialist totalitarianism. Mm-hmm. Like they're doing some crazy shit. Yeah, in draconian. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Uh, it's really scary. Yeah, how much it's progressed in such a short period of time. I mean, I've I've seen videos where the police there will have printouts of people's Facebook posts mm-hmm. and feed, and you know, go to the person's door, like, hey, um, it shows here on this date, like, this time, like, you posted this picture, this was during a time of quarantine, blah, 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 blah. And they'll arrest them. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Insane. Yeah, I have a video I can show you where they come to this lady's house with a warrant, and she's pregnant, and she's, she's trying to, like, get ready, because she's, she's in her fucking pajamas. She's trying to go to do an ultrasound, because she's pregnant. She's, like, on her way to do an ultrasound. They arrest her for something that she posted on Facebook saying that it was incitement and it, and she was trying to create, she was trying to incite riots and violence based on something that she printed or I'm sorry, something that she posted on Facebook. 
Wow. Yeah. And then they've been like, there were kids that were like, fuck the lockdowns. And they're, you know, like teenagers. They're out in the park playing Frisbee. They get batoned and cuffed and drug off. Like there's video of it. Wow. I'm getting chills right now. Yeah. And then they're like taking people that are not positive and put in camps. If you have a, like they, they're contact tracing people with apps. And if you're like yeah. out of mm-hmm. your little like geofence for too long, they'll call you and be like, what are you doing? And it's if like 30 kilometers or something. Yeah. And if yeah. you don't have a good reason while you're outside of the geofence, they'll like send people to arrest you or fine you. I just don't understand how they have the resources to do that. Yeah. Like who in their right mind? Well, I mean, the are people, people just in law enforcement there because they're like, well, we don't want someone to do that to us. So we're going to be in like, I don't, I don't understand how they can personally justify that. Well, the, what's happened is that the people of Australia, I love you. I really do. But it's what happens when people become pussies and they don't stick up for themselves and they just let the government run over the top of them and create legislation where they're like, ah, no big deal. No mm-hmm. big deal. No big deal. It becomes more palatable. So what, yeah. what they do and they're, you know, they're, they're trying to do that here is inch by inch by inch by inch. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're five feet into it and you don't even realize it. Yeah. And it's, it's scary because at what point do you say no? At what point do you, do you wait until you're walking into the chamber? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No. At the point that they come and forcibly take your children from you and take them to a vaccination camp like they're doing in Australia. Like there's also video of like this, the cops coming in and taking this guy's kids away from wow. him and taking them to a camp to forcibly vaccinate them. Wow. That's when I start shooting people. Are you serious? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's what's going on. So to your point, the reason those, that kind of fucked up level of shit isn't going on here is because, well, states' rights guns. and because of guns. Yeah, because I know for a fact, like if, if, my, <laughs> if my sergeant came in a lineup and was like, hey, cool, guys, we're going to go into um, – we're going to go do knock and talks in everyone's house and take their guns. And knowing the people who are in that community who are gun advocates, people like yourself mm-hmm. – you could not pay me enough money. Into the, so you're telling me you want me to go into a unarmed veterans who served how many tours? Nine. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Here's my badge. Here's my gun. I'm not doing that. I swore to protect the constitution. And so when you start infringing on that is when I have a moral confliction. And so I refuse. So the reason we have, do you have fuck bags in your department? We call them the 10%. Every community has their little 10% of people that probably shouldn't be doing that job or oh sure do you guys have yes a 10 percent or maybe larger percentage Mm -hmm. that you think would be like cool with that and be like okay cool i don't know if so i don't hmm, cool with that i think they would do what they're told Mm -hmm. because they think collecting a paycheck is is um more valuable than sticking to their values but i mean i don't know like that would be a suicide mission i don't know if they actually how, how, like, how can I mean, definitely that? in San Diego with all the veterans, there's yeah. a super high population yeah. of veterans. And California act, and has more duty. gun stores than any other state in the country. California does. Yes, California. Has more gun stores. Yes. More than Texas. With all, because California is so populated. Yeah. And, and you know, this was a couple years ago that I looked at it, but because of all the veterans mm-hmm. and the military bases in California, they sell a shit ton of guns. A shit ton. I mean, I don't, I don't disbelieve that. Mm-hmm. It's just shocking to me that there's that many. 
there's more gun stores in California than you That was when the last, I mean, again, I checked this <clears throat> a couple of years ago, but I can't see, I mean, well, I mean, there are a lot of Californians that are leaving. There's a, kind of a mass exodus going on, so mm-hmm. it, could, it could be different. But I work with um, San Diego County Gun Owners. They're a Second Amendment advocate group. So they work with different county there so there's a san diego there's an inland empire so riverside Mm -hmm. and san Bernardino, and then orange county and so they work to fight for the second amendment Uh, mike schwartz started this and he kind of has an interesting story but they're a political activist group and so they they actually got more ccws approved in san diego county which is a big deal because people were on waiting lists for years like it was was a a huge deal. deal And so they got more approved. They got unlimited amount of CCW guns that you can put on your on your uh, roster, or a limited number of guns that you can put on your CCW. And so they're working with different political officials and saying like, "Hey, how do you feel about gun rights? Like, if you want us to endorse you, you know, you have to. We have to make sure that you check off the boxes." So they're an amazing group. They they're in a lawsuit right now for the unconstitutional magazine ban. So mm. saying, you know, 10 round limit is unconstitutional. So they're in the process with that. So they're making, they're making headway, but it, it's, I mean, it's still a fight. I mean, they're trying to attack it, especially California. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's pretty frustrating. Um, my aunt moved to Utah and just seeing that you can just purchase it and they just die. die. She, mm-hmm. she lives in a smaller town, uh, Kanab, Utah. They had a uh, contest. Was this? Oh, I know where that's ago. at. Yeah, yeah. I drive through there on the way to <coughs> Vegas for shopping. Yes. So, yeah. yeah, it's a it's a cute town. Yeah. Um, so she won a six point five Creedmoor, and she, <laughs> I was like, hell yeah, <laughs> you know. And, and then she's like, oh well, it was too big, so I traded it. And they gave her Ruger twenty two, and I'm like, oh no, I'm gonna go drive there right now. Right. <laughs> One, I was like, you could give her like four, yeah. you know. But yeah, whoever's working in the gun was like, yes, I yeah. scored on this, you know, old lady. I'm like, I want to fight him. Yeah, no, because here's, <laughs> here's what he did. <laughs> he bought the 22 because mm-hmm. the 22 was probably 300 bucks, and that 6.5 was probably like 2,000 bucks, and he like gave her the And she right. got it for free. Yeah, I was like, I would have yeah. taken it. I would have bought you the Ruger 22 <clears throat> if that's right. what you wanted. Give that one to me. Right. I would have bought you the Ruger 22. But she was happy. She was excited about it, so I couldn't, you know, I couldn't like rag on her too much. But so she's got her little, her pistol, but. Yeah, Utah's yeah. great with gun rights. Wyoming, where I'm from, is great, amazing mm-hmm. with gun rights. Yeah, lots of states. Montana, pretty much anywhere. Idaho, mm-hmm. Mountain States region. Mountain States region is like where the stronghold for conservatism mm-hmm. is still pretty much, except for Colorado. Fuck Colorado. Colorado used to be a very much a red yeah. state when I was a kid, and it just they're they probably five to ten years behind California. Yeah, they well, a lot of Californians moved to Colorado mm-hmm. when marijuana was legalized mm-hmm. which is how they were able to easily flip the state yeah which is why i think like you know like we're i'm not you know i'm not anti-cannabis at all but i can see why uh some of these other conservative states are not passing it not because they're anti-cannabis but because they don't want um a huge influx mm-hmm. of liberal people sh- shifting the vote in the state so that's why they're not i mean i i have a pretty good reason to believe that's why Wyoming is not has not legalized recreational marijuana yet is because they're worried about basically what happened in uh, Colorado happening in Wyoming and so they haven't yeah. and they haven't done that well and with a lot of people leaving California and going to different states it's kind of right they're getting more California yeah well they don't California want any more reason well, at least I can speak for Wyoming Wyoming doesn't want any more reason for 
California refugees flooding into the state. Refugees. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can you blame us though? The governor wants to impose the the mileage tax, mm-hmm. so four cents per mile, and then San Diego would be an additional two cents. Yeah, I mean, New- so Newsom is an absolute, he's a looney tune. Mm-hmm. He's an absolute fucking looney tune. Yeah, and the mayor of San Diego is Newsom 2.0. Yeah. So Todd Gloria, um, he'll do anything for the Democratic Party. He doesn't, yeah. whatever they want. You right. Know? So he's, yeah, Newsom 2.0. If he, and I guarantee you, like, if it, if they could take people's guns, they would. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty ironic that they also have an armed security team. Well, I mean, that's how it is for all of these cuckoo uh-huh. clocks that want to take guns, like Pelosi. And so it's like, fine, then you get rid of your security yeah. detail. Yeah. You move to impoverished areas. Yep. I mean, the last year, our homicides were up like 140%. So was it propaganda or was it real that the L.A. County, was it the L.A. City Police Chief or the L.A. County Sheriff said, do not, told put out a statement for tourists not to come to LA because they can't guarantee their yeah, safety. Yeah, he's like, I, I, I can't guarantee So that safety. wasn't real. That oh, was not fake news. Because so many people hit me up and they're like, I think I put a blurb on it on my Instagram and so many people DM me and they're like, fake news, bro. And I was like, no, I don't think that's fake. I think it's legit. Um, as far as I know, yeah. and you know, fr- friends who worked or work currently in, in LA, LAPD, yeah. it's, it's, it's bad right now, yeah. especially with COVID and the homeless population rising because yeah. places like Utah and Arizona, like they'll just give them a one-way ticket. Like, Hey, you're going to get more resources in Southern California because we have more resources. Right. So San Diego. And like, of course you're going to want to be homeless in 75 degree all year round weather. Right. So go to San Diego, you go to LA, you can camp out, you know, and you can get a free trip. Like, Hey, you can complain about something, go spend the night in the hospital. Mm. You know how much that is? Like, who's paying for that? Right. Taxpayers, Taxpayer right? Work. They, during COVID, they, the whole San Diego Convention Center, where they ha- hold Comic-Con, yeah. you know, for over nine, ten months, it was a homeless shelter. A homeless they turned the San Diego yes, Convention Center into a homeless Hundreds of thousands of dollars per week. Yes. Oh, man. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. How would you like per to be week? the people that had to go clean the fucking clean that building? So, and I understand, like you know, prior to law enforcement, you know, and of course, like doing all of the shelter runs, you know, I I felt really bad for, and there's still certain circumstances that I I really feel for people who are currently homeless, especially yeah. with the the housing prices the way that they are. But now seeing the other side seeing how many resources they have, seeing especially homeless veterans, seeing how many resources that they have, mental health, shelter, work, Mm -hmm. all of that. They choose not to go. They choose not to go. San Diego has a whole department dedicated. It's called the neighborhood policing division. They have a whole, a whole unit dedicated to homeless outreach and stuff. And there's also the homeless outreach team, the hot team, and they help connect with housing especially like women children all that so it first came out and san diego is has municipal codes that mm-hmm. will allow for an arrest on certain things so like illegal lodging so they would go out and they would contact someone who has a whole tent blocking out the entire sidewalk and it's like hey you know hey you can't have illegal lodging it's it's a it's a verbal warning right and then that's next it's a written warning and then it's a ticket and then by the the fourth time of the fourth day or whatever, then it's okay. You can, 
be arrested for it. But then it presents – then all their stuff had to be collected. So there's a payment. So then you have to collect all the stuff and then put it in Evidence. a tax-paid uh, storage unit. So then they get out and they, like, recollect it. And it's just this never-ending thing. But then during COVID, mayor's like, cool, I don't want any enforcement. So now San Diego looks just like Skid Row in Just LA. like L.A. They spent <clears> – <throat> they spent millions cleaning it up, bleaching it, doing all that, and then – it's just like LA. The crime rate's insane, but they still have they still have resources. But then COVID, they don't want to have any enforcement done. So then you have people in San Diego, and mind you, they want to raise the rent twenty five percent by the end of the year. So a one bedroom, seven hundred square feet, is going to be twenty six hundred dollars. Oh man, it's insane. It's insane. And so with all of these taxes, I mean, you're making it impossible to just live. And then you're paying for, and all the new developments, all the new apartment complexes have a portion of Section 8 in them. So you're paying $2,600 for a nice, lavish apartment. Then you have Section 8 right next door mm. paying 500 or so. I don't know what they pay. And so it's just, it becomes like, hey, well, why am I doing this? You know what I mean? Like, why am I working my ass off just to pay for, I mean, people could play like, oh, law for, oh, I pay your salary. It's mm-hmm. like, no, no, no. You know what you pay for? The homeless person who just, I watched overdose on heroin and fentanyl for the fifth time this week, get a hospital ride and stay in the hospital overnight, which is what, $15,000, you know? Right. Over and over and over again. It's bullshit. Yeah. It's bullshit. Prop 47. Have you heard about Prop 47? I haven't. So <clears throat> Prop 47, um, people voted for it. It was back in, was it 2014? 2015? 2014, I think. So they convinced people to vote for it, kind of massaging it of, oh, hey, your tax dollars are going to go to more like mental health, and it's going to go to this, and it's going to go to that. What it did was turning possession of like meth, heroin, you know, pipes, anything like that from a felony to a misdemeanor. So before you contact someone who's violent, smoked meth, has meth in the pipe, that's a felony, you know, arrested. And so then it drops down to a misdemeanor. So being it as a misdemeanor, it's a ticket. It's a sight and release. So, okay, cool. Like, well, now you have dope. Like, I'm going to take it. It's a ticket. And now you have someone who's addicted to meth without meth. And so then they're just going to go break in someone's car, steal something. So then property crime went up. And so all these things. And now it's like, well, with our archaic processes, it's like, okay, well, I can spend two hours to go, like, impound this, write the report for a ticket that the DA said that they're not going to prosecute on. So it's just going to get dropped anyway. Or you could just not care because you are already inundated with calls. It's not worth going to contact this crazy person who's high on meth running around in the middle of the street, you know? So it's just this butterfly effect. And so California, once they voted for that, it just changed so much, you know? And there's an effect. There's a butterfly effect to everything. So you're in the middle of that. Then you're – how did the riots go? Because you The were riots were gnarly. Um we actually got called in. We got called in. So La Mesa happened. There's a situation that happened. Peak BLM era situation happened in La Mesa. And La Mesa PD is very small. There were like 70 cops. And it escalated so quickly and so out of control. And they didn't reach out to neighboring agencies in time. So everyone came and they told everyone, we don't want any arrest. Do not arrest anyone. They burned down a chase bank completely burned it down. They caught the guy, by the way, this was a couple weeks ago. They caught the guy who committed arson, burned down a chase bank. And guess what he got? 
probably slapped on the wrist and released. Yeah, one year probation. Oh. Arson <clears throat> is one of the only <laughs> felonies left in California where you can get a serious amount of time. You can get like seven years. And he got a year probation for burning down a Chase Bank. For burning down a bank. Yeah. How many millions of dollars do you think were in that bank? I have no idea. I have no idea. So that escalated out of control. And then I went into San Diego the next night. We got called in because one of the units in downtown were uh, surrounded. And we had to, like, roll code, save them. I mean, it was – and it was just, like, nonstop. So that was – we didn't have a day off for 17 days. It was just 15-hour days, you know. Um, we got rocks, bottles, uh, baseball bats, construction signs, fireworks, some people hatchets just thrown at us. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, we affected arrest and – you know, people would break down and uh, they would cry once they're in jail. And a lot of them would admit like George Soros would fund the Antifa riots. And so that's who they were getting paid for. And so that's like a whole. Oh, they were confessing to that. Mm-hmm. They were on a payroll. Mm-hmm. Mm. Convenient, right? Yeah. So that was frustrating. And then it felt like we didn't have. And that was after that was like the COVID thing happened. And that was still when that was completely unknown. So we're going out like, hey, we don't know what this shit is, but hey, we're still doing it. Like we're still going out and doing our job. Mm-hmm. And how many days consecutively did you guys work during the riots? Yeah, seventeen at least on my end. Seventeen days straight. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't nearly as bad as Portland. I heard that those cops were like hundred yeah. plus hundred twenty days. Yeah, hundred twenty days straight. Crazy. Same in New York. My buddy that's it's NYPD crazy. that I'm going to interview at shop. How room. is he still in NYPD? <clears throat> He's not. He's actually on administrative leave right now without pay because he refuses to get vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. Well. But he's been working for the department for So how are they years? handling that? I think 13 years. How are they handling that? I don't know. Now that it was now that the damn SCOTUS has mm-hmm. said it's unconstitutional except yeah. for hospitals, which I don't know how that fucking works, but yeah, I don't know how they're going to deal with the liability of that now. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in the wake of that ruling. Uh, all the liability cases that yeah. start to pop up. Well, I'm pending <coughs> receiving an advance notice of termination because I refuse to submit anything. So it was, uh, we had a deadline. It was, you either have to submit a um, religious medical or give axed, and I didn't submit anything. So It's really appalling to me how we've just like taken HIPAA laws and thrown, found a loophole somehow and thrown all of that out the window. Like I don't know how that even happened maybe it got waived because of emergency authorization act bullshit or yeah I, i'm not sure exactly what but i think it's disgusting and i don't support any of that so i think it's interesting how f- for the duration of our whole entire life we've understood and recognized that any drug that's currently on the market has been through a rigorous process of testing yep, in through evaluation. the FDA yeah. and it take you, you take science, right? You take mm-hmm. high science in, in high school, college, and they're like, yep. oh, the double blind tests and the tests and you got to do this and, mm-hmm. you know, and people get these, this group got cancer. So then they knock that, you know, and like you learn about the testing processes. And so you're like, okay, cool. Like all these have gone through years and years and years and years. And then even then when they get on the market, there's still, you know, kind of processes for that. So understanding that and then having this virus that arose where everyone's like oh gosh like we haven't seen anything like this like it's having this effect and this effect and this effect and I know people who've died from it and so it's like I don't think that 
there's not some truth to, you know, I think it's going to have adverse reactions and depending on, you know, who has the virus, but you're going to tell me that you guys just fast forward and came up with a solution, a medical solution in this multi-billion dollar pharmaceutical industry that you're just supposed to make people get when you don't even know all the facts about this virus. Like how can you know everything about the, how, if you don't know everything about the virus, how can you create a solution for it? And so it's like, comments it's like this doesn't and hey you know what if you think it's good for you then get it and if you don't then don't because I can't get mad at you for not taking your vitamins I can't be like Brian my vitamins are not going to work if you don't take your vitamins like take your fucking vitamins it doesn't work that way yeah or eating right or going to the gym you can't get mad at me for that heart disease is the number (coughs) one killer of Americans Mm -hmm. and it has been for years yeah yeah you look at the food industries and then who's on the board for that right and who's you know you just follow the money this whole COVID thing has been a, com- a great textbook case of follow the money. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's all you have to do. Anytime anybody's confused and they're like, oh, why are they doing that? Why are they mandating this? And why why do I have to do that? Like, just follow the fucking money. Follow the money. You have politicians that are shareholders of these pharmaceutical companies that are, cr- that are creating these mandates. Mm-hmm. Oh, Board of FTA or mm-hmm. to Pfizer. Yeah. It's just these weird little. And then talking about the vaccine, how about all of the side effects that are coming from it? Well, the FDA the has blood standards. And miscarriages. Yeah. It's just like, and then people have tried to report it. And I, I've heard personal stories of people trying to report it to doctors. And doctors kind of just brushing under the rug. I know people who've had allergic reactions to it. And you know, even like the city, like the, the departments are saying, hey, even if you have an adverse reaction to it, we're not going to cover it, but you still have to get it. Oh, hey, I know that you did your job and you were throughout the entire pandemic and you were exposed to all the different types of COVID, all the different strands. But, oh, wait, you mean that everyone right now who's out of the department, they had to put the fire <laughs> department on. It was kind of like a I forgot what it was called, but some sort of schedule where there was like 140 firefighters that were out with COVID. And 120 of them were vaccinated. So it's like, okay, mm-hmm. you already know that you're going to spread COVID and get it if you're vaccinated. So we already know natural immunity is a better remedy for it. Right. We've all been exposed to it multiple times, but you're willing to actually fire us mm-hmm. because we don't want to get this. Or how about we have to vaccinate everybody so that our healthcare system doesn't get overrun and hospitals don't get overrun and collapse and not be able to like, we got people dying in the streets. You know, all the apocalypse apocalyptic doomsday bullshit that was the narrative for reasons why we need to rush to get a vaccination out and why everybody needs to get vaccinated. But then you're firing 50% of your staff because they don't want to take the, your whole narrative was based on, Hey, we want to take care of our healthcare system and our healthcare workers. But now those healthcare workers are leaving 50% of them are leaving because they didn't want to get vaccinated because they see on a Mm -hmm. daily basis, what's coming into the hospital. And they're like, why the fuck should I take these health risks, to your mm-hmm. point, okay, these adverse side effects that are happening that nobody wants to talk about? There's literally tens of thousands of people, probably more, that have had really bad adverse reactions and that are, like, now handicapped or impaired, mm-hmm. injured because of this vaccine. Neurological damage. Yeah, mm-hmm. nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to deal with that. And these healthcare workers are on the front lines watching this shit happen. So if anybody doesn't want to take, you know, anywhere, anyone that's a healthcare worker that doesn't want to take the vaccine, it's because they are watching what the vaccine is doing to people mm-hmm. and how there's, you know, 30% of people that are fully vaccinated that are in the ICU. So 
I mean, the whole argument for why we should have gotten vaccinated, you know, the whole narrative that they were pushing, the whole guilt trip that they were pushing on everybody is completely, it's a straw man. Like if you mm -hmm. look at it, it's like there's, it makes no sense. Why, why would we, when we know now because of data for the last two years that natural immunity is actually better than more, it has more efficacy than the, you've got better protection with natural immunity than you do with a vaccine and the vaccine's not working, it's ineffective and the efficacy keeps going down and down and down and mm -hmm. down. The more data they collect and the more studies they do and the more that the hospital fills up with people that are fully vaccinated, it doesn't make any sense to take that health risk from a vaccine that's completely untested and unproven. Well, they're testing it right now. The humans that are getting injected well, right now. they're not going to release the full data for like 50 years. Oh, uh, uh, the, <laughs> the court, the court's not given. They have to, Pfizer has to release the data in eight months now, supposedly. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, that's of, good. Instead of 75 years. They yeah, just don't I, don't, I mean, I know that I'm like a pumpkin carver and a cop, but I mean, I don't know. I think it's a little foolish to, I don't know, maybe hire health professionals during a supposed like health crisis and mm -hmm. pandemic. Yeah. They lost, Radies Children's Hospital lost 300 people. Mm -hmm. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. It's people mm -hmm. who've already worked through this entire thing. Mm -hmm. So you're going to fire doctors and nurses with 20 plus years of experience. Correct. Because of your political agenda. It doesn't make sense Correct. to me. It doesn't make when sense. When your original reason for everybody getting vaccination was to protect those people and keep them mm -hmm. employed and keep them working and not overrun the hospitals and overload the medical, medical uh, our ability to, to house and treat people in the hospital. Like they didn't want the hospital system collapsing across the country because they couldn't treat because they'd be too overrun with COVID cases, which still isn't the case because as I've said many, many times, we don't really have a good handle on what the actual real mortality rate is because of all the money that's mm -hmm. changed hands. And I've said since the beginning, like until I see 19 year olds like bleeding from the eyes and the ass falling over dead in the street in the gutter, and we have a 30% mortality rate that's been confirmed, the, the hysteria makes no sense. Like mm -hmm. the data, the science and the data does not support the hysteria, the level of hysteria that's happened across the board with how this thing has like come unfolded. Well, even Fauci was saying, you know, people go into the hospital for a broken arm, they could have COVID. And so like, oh, someone's hospitalized with COVID. Right. It's not like because of COVID. Because they get paid for COVID. that. Mm -hmm. The hospital gets paid for that. The yeah. hospital gets federal funding for every COVID case that mm -hmm. shows up. They get in between $2,000 and $4,000. And for every COVID death that happens in the hospital, they get in between twenty eight and thirty six thousand dollars. Wow. Well and I know time so cards, we have to list we had to change our time cards. So listing is a normal ten hour shift. Mm -hmm. Now it's nine hours plus a one hour COVID cleaning. Because mm. we're supposed to decon before and after so that they get federal funding for So the department's getting federal funding for that. Yeah. I mean classic case. So how are we supposed to know what the actual mortality numbers are? We can't. Can't. We can't. We can't possibly know. And I've said since the beginning, I think that in five to ten years, we're going to look back and be like, holy fuck, this was actually less lethal than the flu. <laughs> and yeah, well, where did the flu go? I haven't seen, like, good old friend, you know? Right. Where'd the flu go this yeah. year? Uh, he's still running around out there. Yeah. Where? I don't know. I've had friends get sick, and they're like, go to the hospital, test negative, come home. They're like, oh. It's the flu. I got the flu. We used to work during this. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, ah, like take 10 days, wait, no, five days up, it's still come back. But mm -hmm. like, don't be symptomatic, but stay home, but come back to work. Right. <laughs> it's like, I, that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's what's happening accurate, right now. Accurate, yeah. Because they have so many people out. 
<laughs> because it's they're freaking out. Well, colds you know I mean? didn't go anywhere. Flu mm-hmm. didn't go anywhere. Yeah. That's still running rampant. It's cold and flu season right now. Mm-hmm. That's why so many people are out. Right. Test positive. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I mean, like, I'm not really mad at it because it's like, okay, mm-hmm. tell me to take five days off. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of a fan of the quarantine thing. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. I had to come here and I had to, like, quarantine, mm-hmm. you know, a couple days or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, this is kind of cool. Yeah. I don't have any, I don't have shit to do. I don't have anything to do. I don't have to this go anywhere. Great. Yeah. This is great. Mm-hmm. Utah is beautiful. It's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to start quarantine. I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? I feel like I need to quarantine a few more days for my safety. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Hey, I can't come back to work. I should probably quarantine. Hey, guys, I can't come out tonight. Sorry, I'm quarantining. Yeah, you know, I had, I just had a bunch of exposure mm-hmm. to a bunch of humans yeah, tonight. I'm quarantining. And I'm worried that because Omicron is so much mm-hmm. more contagious, I might have to stay home and quarantine a little yeah. bit longer. You don't even have to go that far. That's too much just for, it's, you know, hey guys, sorry, I'm quarantining. People are like, oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. No do problem. you want fucking Grubhub? Yeah. yeah, I do. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. If you could send me yeah, some, I appreciate that. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a fan. I'm about it. <laughs> I'm about it. It's uh, going to be the new excuse. Yeah. 2022. Mm-hmm. The quarantine excuse. Yeah. You know? So it's just, it's just wild. It's a wild time. Mm-hmm. And it's, oh, I'm, it's wild as fuck. I'm nervous about this year because it's like 2020 going into 2021. We were like hopeful. You know, everyone was mm-hmm. kind of like, okay, new year, new me. Yeah. Like, no, they just, 2021 just took a shit on everyone's chest. And then now it's the next year and we're all kind of like, mm-hmm. okay. But the fear is running out. You know what I mean? It's like the oh, federal reserve. Like you can't, you, they keep printing money mm-hmm. and they're trying to keep reprinting fear. It's like, no, 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 no. Like yeah. the fear is running out. Like. Oh, they're narrative. You're losing the value of your fear dollar. Right. Yeah, the, you know? fear, the fear dollar. The fear dollar is running, is running run way real low. low. Yeah. yeah, especially because of all that new information that was put out about Fauci that was mm-hmm. all those documents that James O'Keefe from Project yeah. Veritas found from God. Is, thank God for that guy. That God is, he got his hands on those government documents. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like blatant evidence that Fauci lied under oath directly to senators during a Senate hearing. Which is a felony, by the way, in case you didn't know. That's a... Think he'll get arrested? That's a felony. Probably not. No. The guy's a complete fucking shitbag and a liar and has... F- I call him... His call sign is Pancake because he's flipped so many times. So... Oh, that's the whole Pancake thing. Yeah, I that's, saw you post about yeah, that. Yeah, I posted that. That's, yeah, mm-hmm. that's why I call him pancake, pancake because he has flipped so many times. Like his narrative, his narrative and the data... The things that he's put out at the CDC, like CDC credibility gone, trash, done, destroyed. Like, I cannot believe one fucking thing, and Americans should not believe anything that the CDC puts out because it's just, it's been one flip-flop after another. And now they're finally admitting to a lot of things where they're like, oh, well, the data is now coming out about, you know, the mortality rate for this. And like, yes, actually 72%. I think the director, whatever her name is, I can't, I don't know her name right off the top of my head, but the director that works uh, at the CDC, she basically admitted on on the news that up to 72% of deaths from COVID have been from uh, at least up to four uh, comorbidities, which is what I've been saying the whole time. I'm like, this disease is only killing fat, unhealthy people. Mm -hmm. Mm, Heart disease, the number one killer of Americans. Yeah, we're back to heart disease. So if you have heart disease and then you get COVID, you're probably fucking dead. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, you know, I feel sorry for people that have those co- comorbidities that, you know, are were not created by them, but that's usually not the case with that kind of stuff. Like if you have 
heart disease, it's probably because you were smoking cigarettes since you were like 14 years old or fill in the blank reason. So Choose you yeah. McNuggets. Yeah, you're eating, you're on a steady diet of Mountain Dew and Twinkies. So yeah, it's, Ew. yeah, you have heart disease and you have diabetes and you have high cholesterol Which is and high blood pressure. By the way. Uh, yeah. Like it's like, mm-hmm. okay, healthy diet and exercise. I mean, if you can't know that COVID is like, specifically killing f- obese people and you are obese and you have, and, and it's from, scared. it's from, right. I, I don't know what's a better reason to get in, like get in shape and like go start going to the mm-hmm. gym, start eating right. Like start reversing the process. Cause it is completely reversible. You can choose not to shove trash in your face. You can choose to get up and move your body and go work out. And mm-hmm. you can choose to live a healthy lifestyle. Like me, I haven't, I haven't, and I'm not the, you know, I'm not the shining example of health by any means because I, I, I only work out three days a week and I try and eat the best way I can, but like I have not been sick in two, like, well, I haven't been sick. I haven't had even the flu or anything like before COVID. Like I haven't, I haven't been sick probably for about five years. There you go. Because I take my vitamins and I go work out at least three days a week. Um, I recently got into essential oils. I don't <laughs> You laugh, but it, it makes the house smell good. Fonzie hates him. I, but so essential oils, I mean, I sound really funny. Mm-hmm. It's like a meme waiting to happen because I've seen him like, oh, the, you know, girl essential oil thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to lie. I mean, they're kind of nice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I if mean, you think about natural right. remedies. Mm-hmm. But you can't patent like no company can go patent you, like lavender. Do you go do do you go to the DoTerra like What's convention? That? Well, they probably don't have a convention anymore. What because is that? Of COVID. It's like it's well, DoTerra is a company that like makes the essential essential oils, oh. and they used to have like a like a DoTerra convention where like all of their essential oil witches would come, okay, and they no. would like no, 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 talk no. about no. it for like three days, and no, it's no, like Comic Con. It's like Comic Con, but for for essential oils. No. You're so excited. You actually know more about this than I do. You're so excited. Do you know why I know about it? Because they used to have it downtown here at the uh, convention center here where they used to have Kato's in the background laughing right now. Kato, do you like essential oils? (laughs) What do you mean? Fuck no. What the fuck, man? You're never like, he's like, no, he's like, no, we, it's a pyramid scam. Well, yeah, there's like the pyramid scheme. You know what I mean? But (laughs) like, it's like ancient, you know, Chinese medicine and shit, like the herbs and stuff. It's not racist. <laughs> I love it. It's not racist. It's literally yeah. ancient Chinese medicine. Like you're like, hey, when you got sick back in the day, you went to the shaman and you like sprinkled some fucking turmeric on your feet. He's Asian. He like, he always says you're Asian. I'm just kidding. We're so gonna have to get another headset for this guy. I mean, he's been getting pulled into more and more of the podcast. He's just gonna have to probably become the co-host. I'm probably just going <laughs> to no, have to. No, you're not. You're going to keep this. this I'm just going to have to. I'm going to get him a set of headphones. You should. Yeah, because we have two more ports here. We could plug in two more sets of headphones. I'm going to get Yeah, him, I'm gonna a get little him a podcast set. party. Yeah. He's always you know? like hanging out. You really back. don't. I mean, you, you wouldn't. Like a diffuser. The diffuser's nice. I like it because it's like a natural. It's just like a, it makes it smell good. I bought one for my hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> I sound like a crazy uh, person. You do. You sound like I, a crazy I do. Cook. But I'm like, hey, it's it's nice, you know. It's like a little. Can you, Kato? Can we just edit this part? Things were going so good on the podcast until, until. Why would you want to edit this out? Yeah, until we were. You know, maybe there's a reason why COVID hasn't hit me that. Minute fifty-seven, Kato. Minute fifty-seven. Keep it. (laughs) Keep it. This could be the cure. Little little. No, you know what the cure is. 
cannabis. I wouldn't know because I do not participate. Five, Pfizer spent $6.7 million on some cannabis compound really? uh, patents to, li- to get exclusive licensing. Are you serious? Yeah, dead serious. That just came out in the mainstream media. Really? Yep. There's two cannabinoid compounds. Wait. That, that you haven't seen the South Park on this, right? No. You saw the South Park on this, didn't you? So anyone who's listening right now. <laughs> 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 Is that why they did the South Park on it? No, this was South Park. Like, so then, the f- then, so South Park predicted this. Yeah. And then Pfizer probably is like, hey, you know what? That's not a bad idea. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll tell you what happened. Some executive was stoned at home on the couch watching South Park and was like, oh, my God, and went into work the next day. So should we explain the episode? Yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> so Randy goes to um, – so COVID kind of – the COVID outbreak happens. And Randy goes to China – and he's like partying with Mickey Mouse. Oh, this is the clip you showed me where he's he's partying with Mickey Mouse and they fuck a bat. In they the, fuck a bat. They fuck a bat. They fuck they, a bat, right? Yeah. And so it comes out and it's like, oh, okay, you know, like it's from a bat and it was like human DNA. And then he's having flashbacks like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah. That was me. And so he's having these flashbacks and he's in, remember he has mm-hmm. his, um, what's his weed farm called? Tegrity. Yeah. Tegrity. Tegrity Farms. <laughs> Tegrity Farms. So... <laughs> So he's having these flashbacks, right? And the the episode progresses, and then the scientists are like, "Oh, it's not a bat. It's like it's like this armadillo thing called a a pangolin." A pangolin. A pangolin. So he's like, "Oh, okay, it's not me." And then he has this flashback because he's all, you know, on drugs with Mickey Mouse. And then they're in the back of like a limo, and the Mickey's like, "You know, oh, you think that was crazy? Like, mm-hmm. try fucking a pangolin or whatever." So then he, like, goes in the alleyway, and he's, like, fucking this armadillo penguin thing. And the scientists are, like, actually, it was this thing that caused it. So he's freaking out because he's, like, I caused COVID. But he's, like, I can't tell anyone. So then he I – don't, I don't remember the segue to it, but he's, like, well, maybe my DNA is going to cure it then. So he starts jerking off on his weed – and then sells it to people. So they're smoking the weed with all of his jizz on it and his DNA. And it's curing people. It's curing the disease. But it also makes them grow mustaches. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most wild thing. I love South Park so much. That's awesome. I love South Park so much. That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, my God. Kato has a COVID mask with a mustache that he just put on. Oh my fuck. That's where we're at. That's where. (laughs) Really? Oh my god. This is gonna be the best. This is gonna be the best podcast. I'm gonna get DM'd for fucking weeks about this. I'm gonna get DM'd. I'm gonna get DM'd for weeks about this. Fuck. This is one of those times where I was like, I wish we had video right now. I wish we had video. He has the mask. Where did Mm -hmm. you buy that? Yeah, he has a mask with a mustache on it. It's awesome. I'm crying. There you go. Um. (laughs) That. I'm sorry. You can't edit the shit. Um. So anyway, so (laughs) South Park is so genius. So it's just pretty funny that Pfizer uh, invested. Six point seven billion. (laughs) Six point seven billion. 
Kato's over there Googling <laughs> furiously, finding out this shit. I... Yeah, that was six point seven billion to license month. those cannabinoid compound. Patents. I think that they should. I think that they should um, give a portion of that to South Park because mm. it's probably more like intellectual property now, right? Yeah. I would say. Yeah, <laughs> Trey Parker and Matt Stone should just like <laughs> sue <laughs> Pfizer. They should sue oh, Pfizer. Oh man. Yeah. Well. You guys should go sue. You guys should go sue Pfizer. Yeah, they're and probably sitting there like, "Oh, we knew it this mm-hmm. whole time." South Park is a genius show. I love it. Well, it, 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 it would explain a lot of reasons like why like a lot of my friends that smoke weed and have not gotten COVID. Hmm. I have a shit ton of friends that smoke weed that n- I'm like, did you get COVID? No. Have you gotten COVID? You have? Oh. Yeah. It did exactly zero to him. Hmm. It, well, no, that's not true. It. He lost his sense of taste and smell and that's all that happened to him. I had a very mild sore throat and a stuffy nose. Cough came a little bit later, but... I did lose my taste and smell, which was unfortunate. I did. I had a, I drank a beer because I was curious. I was, I drank a nine point. It was the Melvin two by four. Couldn't taste it. Couldn't. It just tasted like bubbly liquid. Oh no. Yeah. You cheated yourself out of one just of the most it. amazing beers. On but you just, you, you can just chug anything. Yeah. Um, my coworker got it really bad and he said he would just buy like bottom shelf liquor because mm-hmm. he's like, fuck it. I can't taste it anyway. So I'm just going to. And how long did that last for? Oh, he had it pretty hard. What about you? Um, the symptoms were really mild, so it was like a week. So you were Not functional. Even. You were pretty much functional. I, I was carving pumpkins. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and the taste and smell thing is probably a week and a half. Oh, then that's not long. How? Because yours was like a month, wasn't it, Kato? Really? What? Two and a half. Two and a half months. You couldn't two taste or months. smell anything for two and a half months. Yeah. Right, but that's really? that's literally the only thing that happened to him. That was it. Yeah. So, so felt like shit one day. Lost all the taste and smell for. Dude, that's a long time. Yeah. That's so, that's so sad because then you purchase the food and you're like, man, I really want to taste pizza, and you can't taste pizza. Yeah. He's a he's a foodie, so he suffered greatly from that. He was like, <sighs> I would have rather been deathly ill for a week. And have my sense of taste and smell than not be yeah. able to taste and smell anything. My coworker who had it had it pretty bad, and he <coughs> mainly had like body aches and chills. I know a couple people who had it, and they they had a pretty rough ride. Every person that I know, all my close friends that have <coughs> had it, have not. It's barely put a dent in them. Really, I've been directly exposed to it several times now, and like I, I have yet to get sick. So. Before we leave to go to SHOT Show tomorrow, I'm actually going to go to the farm. I'm going to go to CVS and get an antibody test, and mm-hmm. I'm going to te- see if I have antibodies. Yeah. Because I've been exposed to it several times, but it just not hasn't done shit to me. So I'm going to see if I've gotten exposed. I know exposed a lot of people got it from Vegas. <coughs> Vegas was like a little hot hub. Yeah, SHOT Show 20. Well, even but I went to SHOT Show 20, and not, I didn't get shit. Not SHOT Show. Um, a little after that, another coworker went to Vegas, and he got it. That was for like a hockey mm. convention. Hockey convention, huh? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't. I have yet to <coughs> do battle with the COVID monster. Well. Or maybe I already have. I've been. It's been my suspicion that I'm a freak with freak genetics, and I just am uh, one of those freaks that's asymptomatic and you're doesn't. Just matrixing I am. your way around. Yeah. The the yeah, I'm like Neo. I'm like Neo in the COVID matrix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, I mean, you're the the chosen one. Apparently. 
Yeah. Maybe your DNA has yeah. the cure. Yep. On weed. Yeah. You know? Maybe I should start jerking off on somebody, some weed. <laughs> Would you smoke that? Cable? <laughs> 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 Gross, dude. Uh, Here's your salty blend, sir. <laughs> <laughs> the Salt Lake blend. Yeah. <laughs> the Salt Lake. Uh, salt Kush. <laughs> 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 Awesome. Dude. We have definitely reached an all-time low here on the Lone Element podcast, but it's this is solid gold. People are going to be DMing the fuck out of me because of this. It's going to be about like what the last I don't know, sixteen <laughs> minutes of this podcast. I already had it. I already had it. One of the listeners was like, "Dude, he runs a forklift," and he's like, "Bro, I seriously almost crashed my forklift last week listening mm-hmm. to you talk about like waking up naked on somebody's couch." Yeah, that I. You, yeah. That's not a and bad then, moment. And then I had like ten or fifteen people DM me that were like, "Bro, like the story about you being wrist deep in your girlfriend's vagina at work digging a tampon that's out of her." That's horrible. Was fucking amazing. So. That's horrible. We're hitting some highs. I don't know. You're you're yeah. maybe not hitting yeah. so high, but. Yeah. I mean, in that moment, I wasn't when I had like blood running down my wrist and on my arm and dripping all over the floor in the work. Ba- we were at work in the work bathroom when this was going on. In case you're interested, you can check it out. I mean, your your girl, as you mentioned at the front at the front of this pod in the front of this podcast, you mentioned like women and their it's horrible or ovaries just like declaring declaring war. Yeah, choosing war, it's choosing really violence. Upsetting. You're choosing violence. Your mm-hmm. ovaries choosing violence. You wake up and choose violence. Yeah. 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 It's horrible. Like, you yeah. guys don't understand because you become incapacitated from having a stomach ache. And oh, is that, is that we have full-on, like, civil war going on mm-hmm. in our uterus, and it's just really yeah. unpleasant. So, I mean, but we get to suffer with you guys, which is the great part, because you do a good job of, like, making us miserable for the way that you feel. So we have to pay or the price, too. Or just, like, leave us the fuck alone we and maybe just, like, throw some chocolate What do you mean, leave you the fuck alone? Like, say I hi to you? Good morning, One sweetheart. The period voice, because there is a period voice inside your head, I call it the changeover. So when you start changing over, it's like when chicks turn into fucking... We're like our morphing. Yeah, you're we're, you're we're morphing, morphing into like a fucking creature, kind of similar to a zombie, where you just like have a thousand yard stare, you're like gnashing your teeth, you have strange voices. Yeah. Here, yeah, you make weird, crazy noises in the shower that really scare the shit out of me while I'm trying to brush my teeth and get the fuck away from you. <laughs> and it, it, it's scary. The period voice talks to you. I'm like, good morning, sweetheart. And the period voice says, he just called you a bitch. <laughs> Finish him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Finish him. Finish him. <laughs> Fatality. Yes. <laughs> Fonzie, um, dick. I'll never forget. Like one time, like I was like, man, okay, it's that time. I was like, fuck. Like, yeah, it's that time. This is going to be a great story. I can hardly. And he know. looks at me and he's like, you're injured. And he sprints out of the room. I'm like, what the fuck? And he comes back in with a first aid kit and he just throws it at me. And he just looks at me like waiting for something to happen. <laughs> and I'm like, get the knew. fuck out of yeah. my face right, right. now. Right, exactly. <laughs> He's yeah. like, do you need tourniquet? Do you need a yeah. like, quick clot? And yeah. I'm like, if you don't, get the fuck get out them. of my face. Right. Or just bring back some like chocolate or something mm-hmm. else. That's, he knew. Um, he was watching. He was watching the changeover happen. He ran and got a first aid kit because you were you probably. Just, you Marines are freaking You're annoying. fucking, uh, your eyeballs like probably like turned into a weird color finish it yeah you probably started like doing some finish. like you know some guys s- exorcist level shit did you know that women when they spend a lot of time together their periods sync together that's you know another this? huge did problem you know this yeah i know this okay. and it's it, it happens yeah my coworker shannon and i um we uh we sync sometimes 
poor Caden. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, oh I'm my. editing out. He's all like, oh shit. my fuck. Yeah, you can edit oh, out this. This is fine. My fuck. <laughs> yeah, we're not <laughs> editing shit. Oh god. Um, why well, apologize in advance for the the DMs that you're gonna. But you know what? I think like maybe this is a good opportunity. Like maybe men have these questions. Maybe they're afraid to talk to yeah. women about that. Or maybe we're definitely I know afraid to talk of, to you while you're bleeding. I mean, I, I know a lot of we're definitely dudes are afraid like, to talk to you. Don't yeah. they're so uncomfortable yeah. with this whole conversation? Yeah. And they'll probably turn off the podcast. But I mean, yeah, w- women do sync together. When yeah. I played lacrosse, it was really scary because at the end of the yeah. season, like you just have a bunch of like raging oh, lacrosse man. players with metal sticks and. Um, so we we do sync. That's a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. My late grandfather told me when I was, I don't know, 15 or 16 years old, one of his greatest little nuggets of wisdom that he gave to me, I think while we were at the mall, or we were on our way to the mall to go get pizza together because it was a thing that we used to do. He looked over to me and he said, son, never trust anything that bleeds for a week and lives. And I feel you, like you should probably listen to your grandfather. Right, yeah. yeah. He was, I think it was very wise wisdom. Um, in, in eighth grade, we did a, uh, eighth grade East Coast trip and we went to, um, Philadelphia, but there was a, and we went to Massachusetts, New York. We went to a town and they mimicked kind of like pilgrim era and they dressed up as pilgrims and they would act and talk and we'd ask questions. And so I asked, Cause it was like a little town and I'm like, well, what, what do you do when like a woman's on her period? And they, they're like, oh, we send her out to the woods. And so they used to just send them out to the woods and just like banish Go them. Go banish them to the <laughs> woods for banish. a week. Like, so I think savage. that's fucking <laughs> so the best that Kato's you, Kato. like, Kato's like, fuck yes. Banish him. Yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's probably why the that's probably actually why like the Salem witch trials happened, but nobody wanted to talk about yeah, right. that. <laughs> but we don't talk about mm. that. But um Yeah. Yeah. I think it's I think it's I think it's definitely something we should put back in practice. You know, the divorce rate probably wouldn't be seventy or eighty percent or whatever the fuck it is if if we could do this. We could do that type type of thing. Mm-hmm. Guys man straight. Like you guys once have like you little like mood swings. You man straight. It's usually that's created by the period voice when it talks to us. Your mm. period voice. I think you guys just man straight. Yeah. Bring me chocolate now. I don't know. I kind of We're like, like oh it. my fuck. It's that time. It snuck right up on me. I wasn't even looking at the calendar. Now I'm fucked. Yeah. Like I said, if she starts sobbing at like, you know, the intro <clears> to Finding Nemo, like you should just Run. go preemptively yeah. purchase goods mm-hmm. you know and then just say you're sorry she'd be like for what be like i don't know i'm just yeah, sorry i'm I don't sorry know and um, you're right yeah. you're right mm-hmm. you're right and i'm sorry mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. there you go words to live by words i'm gifting you words. <laughs> a lot of knowledge a, right now i know it's <laughs> all going it wisely in, it's going in the cargo pocket <laughs> good going in the cargo pocket good 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 I we actually crayons in one side i wanted to tell kato about our conversation earlier which one the traveling back in time. The traveling back in time conversation. Or the, yes. If you met you today. Oh. Okay. Oh, yeah. So. Well, yeah. So we had a little we had a little discussion if you had the ability to go back in time. No, no, no. Fa- rewind. It was okay. a superpower. Oh, yes. You're, you're correct. So we were yeah. talking about superpowers. <clears throat> like what type of superpower, if you had a superpower, what would it be? Right? And. She said she wants invisibility so she could like sneak into men's false. locker rooms. 
That's absolutely false. No, that's what she said. Freak. I'm pretty sure. No, I would never want to do that because you guys smell like fucking schmagma and you guys do weird practice. Uh, there was no part of me that would want to sneak into a men's locker room. Then I why'd you tell me that earlier? So my superpower would be to either stop time, have the ability to like pause time, or the ability to talk to rocks because rocks have seen some shit, right? But we were also talking like to have a superpower. He's so unimpressed. He's like, come, get to the punchline, lady. But to have a Look superpower. Look at his Asian face right now. He's waiting. <laughs> He's, you're involved. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be the worst, best podcast we've ever so fucking So there has to be a caveat. <clears throat> so there has to be almost like a, like a punishment. So like if you were to stop time, if you had the ability to pause time, then that means like the love of your life loses like a week of their life. So you have to choose wisely. So Brian said that his superpower would be to go back in time. Time travel. Time travel. Yeah. And maybe like change something. But then that would have an effect too. So I started asking, well, what if like you went back in time and you had to go like tell yourself something, right? So what if you like you're walking in your day and then all of a sudden you from the future shows up and is like, hey, I have 10 seconds here. I can't answer any questions. But you have to go kill Kato. And then you just, then your future self. She literally self, said this. This is like And then like your future example. self just like leaves. Hmm. Would you do it? I fucking hate you right now. <laughs> but I, I mean, you. think about it. Like think about. He knows what the answer is. But think about what would happen if you're going about your day. And then future you shows up and is like, hey, no matter. Like I have, I have 10 seconds. The next time you see Brian, you have to kill him. Because think about. Some shit had to have happened to have you travel back to talk to you, right? You would have to know something pretty obscure, something so, crazy, something, something cynical. Something fucked is going to yeah. happen. Like, we're and talking like the only way that you can prevent it is if you kill him. Make me proud right now. Would you do it? Fuck yeah. yes, he would. See? Yeah. I said the same thing. You have to. But I would caveat it. I was like, oh, I really love him. But she was like, but you have why to. You, you can't ask why. You can't ask why. You won't ever know, right? I was like, I love him. I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could kill Kato. And she's like, no, you, the world, something super, Well, you don't, you don't bad. know what would happen, right? But if, if, if you from the future was traveling back to be like, hey, I don't have any time. I can't answer questions, but this has to happen. And they leave. My answer was this. If there is technology that's been created that allows me to fucking time travel and me shows up. The sub- just here's what I'm trying to tell you. If it's substantial enough to where I'm coming to warn myself of something, that means something really, really, really fucking bad is going to happen if I don't do what myself is telling me to fucking do. So I was like, that in itself, right there, myself has showed up in my life and been like, motherfucker, I can't answer any questions. I've got 10 seconds before I time jump back. You have to kill Kato next time you see him. Got got to go by. Just that in itself is substantial enough for me to be like, okay, well, the world's probably going to explode or something bad's going to happen that is fucking so bad that, like, I have to, I have to do it. Here's his Asian answer. This is the Asian time. <laughs> so you just let him do it? Mm-hmm. It's 
true that's some asian right fucking Dang. that's some that's some Dang. magic right there yeah and that folks is why we have a kato you guys have like the whole wisdom beard thing going on we too? do yeah welcome to the wisdom so full of secrets. and here we are we've gone down a rabbit hole of absolute psychosis i hope this okay so like it's my job as the <laughs> host of this to now steer the conversation okay. back into this tan- is where we like tangible. completely dissect my childhood and what's wrong with <laughs> yeah. this is where i'm about to get there's some sort of inception what that's about exactly to happen happened? what is the meaning I'm gonna of have life to, you're gonna have to give me your phone number to your dad i'm gonna have to call him and be like okay what exactly happened here <laughs> i don't know i've been asking that they've been asking me that for right. a long for time. a long time <laughs> yeah they, I mean, my dad and my brothers and stuff, they're all engineers. Mm. And then here I am. I'm like, I'm going to go carve pumpkins. You're like, yeah. And you're the, you things and are the artistic butterfly. Mm-hmm. So I have confirmed you are a talented writer. You are a amazing sketch artist. Thank you. Okay. And an amazing pumpkin carver. Like your artistic abilities are like on freak or fleek as the kids say. Or freak. Yeah. They're, they're substantial. So I'm a little bit confused as why you choose law enforcement, but you nonetheless are doing a great service for the community, being an amazing law enforcement officer and risking your life, which I'm super grateful we have people like you, but your artistic abilities are off the chart. And when people look at your social tags, they'll be like, oh yeah, she's, all I've got to say is like Night King, greatest, most amazing piece of your collection, pumpkin Pumpkin in your collection. Yeah. Seven hours on that. Guy. Yeah. I love that thing. Tell me again, because we talked about it earlier when I was like nerding out and like fanboying over your artistic talents, you described how you did the Night King eyes. Cause I was like, holy fuck. How <coughs> did she do that? So he's got these like vibrant, glowing, crazy eyes and there's no acrylic paint that can do that. No. So I bought blue glow sticks mm-hmm. and I broke them up and I, I dabbled the paint on them, but it only lasts momentarily when you, once you break it open. So I'd like quickly take a picture and then fade out. I would like, you know, shove more paint in there and mm-hmm. I'd take a picture and finally got something that I was semi satisfied with. Cause I, I had to keep it lit so you could see the rest of the pumpkin, but that was, um, that was pretty cool. Yeah. I was proud of that one. You should be. That it's the, to, in my opinion, the crown jewel. Four year, five years ago. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It also helps that I'm like a complete Game of Thrones fan nerd. So mm-hmm. I was probably could have been clinically depressed when the season came to an end or when the when the show came to an end. I, right. I had several years of my life wrapped up in that show. My friends named their daughter Khaleesi. That's pretty wow. dedicated. That's a level of – it's a level of fan nerd, yeah, when you name your kids after. It was a great show. Yeah, it yeah. was a fantastic And I, I show. love doing – I like doing characters in pumpkins. It's a little bit harder when you're trying to match it perfectly. Mm. You know, drawing, that's a little bit easier. But carving-wise, it's a little bit harder to get those proportions because you can take away pumpkin, but you can't right. all the time add it back. So, And I appreciate it more because it's a fleeting art because it's only good for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And then it starts to shrivel and mold. So you really have only a moment in time to, to really enjoy this. it. Yeah. You can't, you can't replicate it. You can't make it last. There's, it's one of a kind. Mm-hmm. And so there's a different kind of appreciation that comes with pumpkin carving. Yeah. It's a lot different than any other medium <coughs> because of that fact, because it just immediately when it's done, it starts to deteriorate and then 
at some point turns into a little shriveled pile of goo, probably. That's really hard to clean off cement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really hard. <laughs> Pressure <Yeah>. washer, <laughs> in case anyone's wondering. Yeah. You're speaking from experience because you've had several pumpkins go mm-hmm. south. I still have one in my garage. I've, I've actually had one last, and I've carved it in July. It was dry, mm. but I carved it, and I stuck it in the fridge at work. That's why it lasted, because you refrigerated it? Well, no, no, no. It lasted. It, if you don't cut into them, mm-hmm. they will last for a long time. But once you cut into them, it's game over. Game over. Game over. Wow. So much I've discovered. Chronicles of pumpkin carving. Yeah, yeah. Chronicles of pumpkin carving. Yeah. And then I, I do, I draw during the rest of the year. October is mainly focusing on pumpkins, but I draw the rest of the year. Um, a lot of people will commission me for commemorative art. Mm-hmm. So it's just sad, you know, dogs who die or, you know, family, loved ones who pass away. Yeah, I saw the, the working dog. <coughs> Ar- the arson canine? Yeah. Yeah, my, uh, my buddy James, he is a arson investigator. Mm-hmm. He's a captain for the fire department and he has an arson canine arson um so it's uh, she detects um accelerants accelerants yes yeah thank you her name was emily she was such a sweet dog um and she started declining rapidly and he would do blood tests and they took it to the vet and they didn't Mm -hmm. really know what was wrong um and then after like two months she just became emaciated and couldn't move and she passed away he just got a new dog though her name's maddie did they find out what it would what had happened it was like this crazy cancer i'm just gonna go out on a limb and probably say from sniffing it could fucking be, chemicals yeah. it could be but i don't think because it's a program like through the atf and they didn't have a whole lot of that but they use a lot of labs mm-hmm. usually yellow or black labs she i mean she was such a, she was only like seven i want to say mm, yeah six or seven so sad story but but it's really you cool. did a great job commemorating thank you yeah that was a great that was a great yeah that was an, and you know it was a family <coughs> dog too so um his kids like he has a son and a daughter who's a little bit older but i mean he's a family dog right so i wanted with something like that i really enjoy being able to use my talent to gift something that mm-hmm. you can't purchase right um, i feel it's like i don't know if you're a harry potter fan but when i draw specifically for people it's kind of like a little horcrux it's yeah like my little piece of like my soul that goes like mm-hmm. into the picture and give that so it's like i wanted something for him and his family to have and it was like okay well he's probably gonna cry and like i don't want to sit there and watch like a grown man cry so i i like dropped it off at the work and i was okay cool like that's gonna be for, bye you mm-hmm. know <laughs> like i'll open it later like okay bye yeah <laughs> i gotta go bye i don't want to i don't want to see i've anything. got some videotapes to yeah return. I gotta okay go bye mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah blockbuster calls oh <laughs> shit yeah so that was that was pretty cool but the commemorative drawings are sad but it's it's very rewarding watching people open it i also was actually sad um yeah gonna be a protege for our composite sketch artist um, his name is gary bowen sweet man like absolutely awesome he wanted to help everyone he was a composite sketch artist for pretty much like san diego county and a lot of southern california so he would get called out to go to different places um and he had been doing composite sketches for a long time and he recently passed away so a couple days ago so no one really knows what happened um 
but he, I guess, felt pretty bad, and his wife took him to the hospital, and he passed away. So, I mean, incredible artist. Uh, this man was incredible, and he tied together the law enforcement side and the art side, which I never thought about before. Yeah. And so I really kind of wanted to dive into that, but um, I still have all the materials to do it. It's it's a lot more of a process than I realized. He's He went to schools that the FBI put on. I mean, he's had to do drawings where they find a body and it's it had decomposed a bit and based off of forensic art and studies that he's had to go through he can tell different facial features, hair, body mm-hmm. features and he would have to sketch up what this person may have looked like. Yeah, you know, so he did Oh, why? He so did if they had an un- they had things. a John Doe, they have an unidentified mm-hmm. body. He's yeah. got to like render the Yeah, he's had to do that oh, before. Wow. Uh, which I thought was really interesting. And then, of course, you know, there's so much that goes into that sketch. Mm -hmm. And when you're interviewing someone, you're interviewing a victim, like a sexual assault victim, and he was so good at this. He was an incredible investigator, and he made people feel so comfortable around him. And so you're talking to a victim, and you have to have them recall some really – intimate and traumatic pieces of this so it's you know especially like sexual assault victim and you know you have to get all of these minute details like okay Mm -hmm. well and there's a book it's a composite um it's a forensic art you know fbi book and they have pictures of heads like there's different sections of this book and it'll be you know head you know face uh shapes and it'll block out it'll fuzz out all the mm-hmm. features like the eyes nose mouth and it'll just focus on the shape so they look through the book and then they pick one and so then you kind of get that shape down and then you move on to eyes and so it's like then it you know fuzzes out everything else and it just focuses on eyes you know are they big eyes mm-hmm. and it really makes you think because there's so much more when people are like oh yeah i can recognize that person like okay you know crime do you think you could see that person again oh yeah like i'd be able to recognize them well what makes you so sure um, I would just know, like, I would know, like I saw them, I would know. And then you have to ask them like, well, how? Because if you were to describe like, oh, you, oh, well, it was a, you know, white dude, like ginger beard, you know, blue eyes. Okay. Well, good job. Like, you just described right? like 20% of the male population. So yep. then going <coughs> through that, it's like, okay, well, what type of, were his eyes, you know, like almond shape, like bug eye, like what? And so you're going through that and so there's so much involved and he was exceptional no longer with us but he solved some pretty gnarly cases oh yeah some pretty pretty crazy cases that that san diego had and some other places too so there was um one so is that something you think you're gonna in- you're interested in maybe potentially pursuing? yeah 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 i think it would it, it's almost like a responsibility i feel like i have because how many people in law enforcement have the artistic ability to, to do that so I feel almost like I have to, right? And it's a different challenge. For me, when I when I look at a likeness or when I look at a photo, I can replicate it on paper. But then doing this is a whole different creative dynamic that I haven't right. really dove into. And so I, I really appreciate the challenge. I appreciate it. So, But with all the classes that he took, they're not available right now because of COVID. Oh. So I have all the materials, and it just um, it just depends on, like, what's needed, you know? Yeah. Don't have my. Uh, so in the future, though, that may that might be something. To yeah, yeah, and that was where I was going. I was sitting with him for on different interviews and stuff, and he would give me different challenges to kind of do in my free time. 
but he was set, he was supposed to retire next year. So oh, he was wow. setting me up to replace him. Take over yeah. his sl- slot. Yeah. And then he passed. Wild. <coughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, there's a lot to do with it. Like, there's a lot in the law enforcement side that you can go into. There's a lot, a lot in the art side. So being able to marry the two. And mm-hmm. I like to kind of marry my passions together. I think it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, well, if you can do that, then you... If you can monetize your passions, you it's you don't ever have to work again. But so. I also don't want to get burned out on it. Yeah. I don't think I'd be able to do art full time. Because it would kill it. Mm-hmm. I think it would kill it. I mean, maybe. Have you tried to do art, like, <coughs> consistently for long stretches? No, just during October. But then I'm burned out. Mm. By November, I'm like, I don't want to see another pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> you for 11 I, don't, I don't want to see another pumpkin yeah. again. I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm done. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I hibernate for like three days after. Yeah. I'm done. So, but then, you know, that also brings up, you know, monetizing. You, you mentioned monetizing. It's, it's extremely hard to price yourself, mm. right? Because how do you, how do you justify charging a certain amount? You know what I mean? Because then you're 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 forced you're forced to value your own work, which well, is I valuing your, your you know evaluating yourself. Well, based sense. on earlier conversations today, I think it's like it's perceived value versus what mm-hmm. maybe actual value is. Yeah. <clears throat> actual value being like, okay, I think I'm worth hundred bucks an hour. It takes me sixteen hours to do this. Do that math. That's what I think that piece should be worth. But somebody else who wants to buy it may look at it mm-hmm. and think that it's worth three or four times more than what your yes. you, your your perceived value is. So it's a it's a different and there's there's a whole I mean it, how many pieces of art have you seen where you like rolled your eyes and they're like you're like they want seventy fresh. Yeah, you're yeah. like they want seventy four thousand dollars for this piece of acrylic and like paper mache that looks like it looks like somebody threw up on this canvas. And they want seventy four thousand dollars yeah then i think to myself like what am i doing Mm -hmm. like i need to charge more and i think (laughs) that the the psychology comes in because i'm like man i wouldn't pay two grand for a pumpkin Mm -hmm. but somebody would somebody would pay there was a one of the the guys i know in the pumpkin carving community was talking to somebody who was going to hire him to go to dubai to Mm. carve pumpkins for forty thousand dollars oh wow but someone will pay that like think about it forty thousand dollars to carve people with I'm not that mad at That certain type of yeah. disposable income who will throw a giant Halloween party and be like, yeah, you know what? I'll, th- I'll spend $40,000 mm-hmm. on someone to carve pumpkins. Psh. Yeah. Why not? Tax write-off. It'll be for, like, business expense. L- yeah. You know? It's Correct. like, okay, I need to get to that point. Yeah. Well, you're well on your way, I would say. Being on the Food Network, being able to say, well, hey, I've been on national television carving yeah. pumpkins. Now I can justify it costing. Well, just your portfolio. Or? If you I- anyone that like gets on your website or on your social and looks at your like por- portfolio, like will know immediately why those pumpkins are four thousand dollars a pop. Well, not yet. Shut <laughs> up! I'm trying to help you out right now. <laughs> they, they, will yeah. oh. they will be. They will be. Also, because it's so it take it is so time consuming. I usually do it overnight. Hmm. I'm a night. I'm a night owl. I'd rather yeah. work overnight. Like I would much rather do a graveyard shift than a morning shift. Yeah any day of the week yeah i'm the same way when i like have to drive like long long distance trips it's always easier for me to like leave late in the afternoon and like drive all through the night 
less traffic. Yeah, there's less traffic. Less crap to deal mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, less less things to get distracted by looking out the window. Like you just, you can just, I can turn mm -hmm. on a podcast or I can turn on, you know, Audible or my iBooks and like listen to a whole book and like drink. I can nerd the fuck out and drink Red Bulls until I almost want to vomit. What got you into podcasting? Oh, that's a great question. So uh, what got me into podcasting? S there, um, well, I've always loved Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah. And then I just don't know. I, like, I felt like I really wanted to start my own podcast, mainly because I enjoy having conversations with people. And I would catch myself having, conver like, really great conversations, funny conversations, like, shit like we've captured here tonight. <laughs> you know, hilarious, you know, good conversations uh, or, like, really deep conversations or really educational conversations because I know a wide variety of people. Like, my Rolodex is, like, I've got a pretty damn good one in terms of, like, people from the gun community, people from the operational, like, military community, people from the law enforcement community, people from the firefighting community. And I know a ton of business owners and designers. And um, I'd catch myself having these like moments with these humans where I was like having these really great conversations. And I would, I, I would always think to myself, well, man, that would probably make like a really good podcast. I bet you other people would want to listen, like be a mouse in the corner and listen to that conversation that I just had with that human. And I started thinking about it more and more. And I was like, oh, I think I want to, I think I want to try it. I think I want to do it. And then I do, I do what everybody, I, I did for years, literally years, what everybody does when they think they want to do something. Then they're like worried about like putting themselves out there, worried about the judgment, worried about, you know, looking or sounding stupid and getting criticized for it. And I just, you know, I had that natural fear of, you know, putting myself out there for a really long time. And, you know, like all the negative talk that people talk themselves out of, you know, oh, why would people want to be interested? Why would people listen to your podcast? Why Why would anybody be interested in what you have to say? And it took me a long time to like really navigate all of that. And then what really did it was uh, a good friend of mine, Matt Vincent, who is a famous podcaster. He has the, um, so he's, his podcast is called the Umso Podcast. Great, phenomenal dude. He's one of my favorite human beings that walks the earth. And he came to visit me, him and his girlfriend, Bonnie, who's also amazing human, stopped in and like, we were sitting around like shooting the shit and um, he was like, hey, do you want a podcast? And I was like, I had never been on a podcast before and I was like, uh, yeah, sure. And I was a little bit apprehensive and nervous about it. And so we did it and um, we did like a three hour and 25 minute podcast and it felt like the time just went by like that and he just was like, he was awesome and he just like asked me about my story and I just told him my whole story from like high school all the way through the Marine Corps and through my contracting years and then like after contracting and becoming a product designer and he, you know, we did a three hour and 25 minute podcast and then after it went up, he called me on the phone like the week after it went up and he goes, hey man, I'm getting a lot of really good positive feedback on this and you know what, dude, I think you should think about doing your own podcast and I was like, oh, yeah, I've thought about it but I, yeah, I don't know uh, and I just kind of blew it off and then um, I had the opportunity to go on my friend's, uh, Andy Stump, his podcast, Cleared Hot, and he invited me up, and I did an episode, and it, he got really good ratings on it, and called me back, and was like, dude, this is a really good podcast, and then um, he invited me to come back to another full-length episode, and then after that second full-length episode, the, the response from people that listened to it was so positive that he was like, hey, man, like, do you want to come on and be a co-host of my Full Auto Friday segment? And I was like, yeah, I would love to. And so I did a bunch of Full Auto Friday stuff. 
And then I had some unfortunate things happen in a business capacity with, you know, my former business partner and I had to leave Montana. And uh, unfortunately, like that kind of severed the connection with being able to be a co-host on a regular basis with, with Annie's podcast. And so at that point, I'd done so much podcasting and got so much positive feedback from, you know, working with him on his podcast, which is super successful. They basically, you know, I, I sat down with him and I was like, look, man, like, you've kind of opened the door for me in podcasting. Like I would love to start my own podcast. And he was very supportive and was like, yeah, absolutely. By all means go, yeah, go start your own podcast and go do, go do it. And so that's what I've done. And so now we started in, fuck, we started when, when we put up the first episode, June, July, July, I think July 1st last year is when we did the first episode. And then we did two podcasts a week. We essentially did uh, a year's worth of podcasts in four four months, mm-hmm. um, and we've just had super explosive growth, and people have like really really loved it, and are psyched on it. And we went from like 127 downloads on our first episode to now we're getting 10,000 that's downloads crazy. a month now, which that's still crazy. isn't awesome. it isn't huge, but like we're I mean for that's awesome. yeah for for being fucking nobody dudes and 127 downloads on the first episode to like 10,000 you know, in a month, you know, later it's, it's and growing, it's, we, we're consistently growing. So mm-hmm. it's good. Now we have like paid sponsors on the show and it's awesome. It's, cr- it's crazy. So, um, you know, not making it a career yet, not getting rich out of it yet. It's still very much just a passion project yeah. right now, but uh, which I really always should be. Yeah, yeah. Which I, but I really love being able to connect with really great people. And I have a, a knack for running into great people. Like we've got my old friend Kelsey Trin love Kelsey of brass and unity fame who connected the dots for us networking is huge and I mean when you think about it like think about that network right so Kelsey and I met mm-hmm. through Nikki I love Nikki like those two hot badass like Canadian women in my life um Nikki Nick and I met at SHOT Show 2019 because of Jonathan yeah and Jonathan from SOG and I met because he saw an article I wrote for recoil concealment. So Jonathan reached out to me and I got recoil because of, you know, so it's like this long network, Mm -hmm. you know? And when I think about this stuff and a lot of it comes back to social media and I hate and love it. And I know that you hate it, but also love it. But think about it. A lot of these little connections wouldn't be available unless like social media aspect. No, you're absolutely right. Like this you're right. Network of people, yep. And I talk you know? about, I've talked about that several times where if you can use social media for it's what it was intended for, which is what you're describing situations like this. Like if you can use your, if you can use social media for its good aspects, then it can be a very powerful tool, mm-hmm. which is, but you have to be disciplined with it. Like, yes. especially now more than ever, because you're just getting fucking bombarded constantly with like, paid ads and like people wanting you to buy shit and memes. negativity and I mean memes are almost becoming unfortunately like a, a, a form of communication in their own regard mm-hmm. so it's like the gif the I used emojis. to <laughs> I used to hate memes when memes <sighs> first started coming out like I fucking would get so pissed off of people like bombarding me with memes because I just for whatever reason culturally there was some kind of disconnect and I didn't get it and I was just like annoyed by it and now mm-hmm. Now it's like, it's so... It's a way of life. It's, it yeah. is a communication form. It is a yeah. form of communication now. And it's so funny. Yeah. And so now now I get it. And now I laugh my ass off and people send me... Meme-glish. Uh, meme-glish. Yeah. Meme-glish. Meme-glish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. I, I like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. English. Yeah. English. So they they just they I get bombarded by them now, and some of them are, some of them are still stupid, and I'm like meh, but a lot of them are fucking hilarious. And like my listeners, I have a very like cult loyal following all over the world. I love it. Yeah. People like we do a top ten because on our analytics on our on our hosting site, it gives me like top ten countries that download us. Mm-hmm. And so we have competitions between those countries. What's like your number one right now? Well, USA is always number one. Okay, good. Canada's, n- Canada's number two. And then usually... Eight. I'm Canadian, by the way, for all you guys. My it's mom's a from Montreal. Yeah, I mean, so I'm you're... I'm like an American, but my mom's yeah. Canadian. So you're your other country, your mom's, your motherland, for lack of a better term. Yeah, they, uh, they're, they're big fans. The, uh, and it's probably all of their freedom-loving people up there because I talk mm-hmm. mad shit. I don't know if I'll ever get into Canada if I want to go again because I've talked so much shit about that country dough and all of the fucked up shit that he's doing. So beautiful. But yeah, we have a top ten in countries. And so we usually... S- uh it's it, So three flip-flops between... Pancakes. Not pancake. Pancake, that's Fauci. Oh, we're, we cover no, that. No, it pancakes. Yeah, pancakes. Okay. Uh, it, it... Flip-flops. Yeah, between... Germany, not Germany, um, the UK and Australia, Australia, <laughs> Australia and the UK. So they're flip, basically flip living vicariously part. through our freedom. They are. Yeah. Yeah. I try to incite, once again, I'll probably never get into Australia because of this, because I'm trying to incite a revolution down in Australia. Like every time I talk to my Australia friends, I'm like, okay, my, my top comes <laughs> down in Australia. To meet Jonathan. I need you guys to go get bolt action rifles and start slotting fucking pull. Shit cunt politicians, all as many or as you can. Or just yeah. like keep injecting your kangaroos with steroids and then yeah. have them like turn them loose. Over. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. turn them loose. Turn the st- turn the kangaroos yeah. steroid filled, rageful kangaroos. I'm here for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. turn turn the ruse loose, mates. Okay, mm-hmm. let them yeah. let them go crazy. The revolution. Ru- Never mind. I'm not gonna yeah. try that one. I mean, you could have. You almost pulled it off. <laughs> the <laughs> you, revolution. I mean, you, you're on a roll. We've got we've got meme meme English, and we've got I know. Ru- revolution. I don't want to ruin it though, because meme English is really good. So yeah. I didn't want to, you know, yeah. undo that. Yeah, I'm trying to incite a revolution down in Australia because the, the 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 overreach by the fucking system down there. Like they're standing squarely on. Did you go there when you were in the Marine Corps? Yeah. Yeah, beautiful country. Love it. All the women love they Marines. Do. They do. This is why my feelings are so just hurt. Like, cool. Here's my panties. Yeah. Welcome to our country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a thing. Like I, I've been told on several occasions. One of my really good friends, his fiance, she is Aussie and just as fiery as you can possibly imagine, but fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. And um, she has told me several times, like, you can come down to to the Gold Coast, mate. Yeah. But, but you're probably gonna get like you'll probably leave with. You know, something that you need 6, to take. 6,000 babies. And something you need to take antibiotics to get rid of. So. And 6,000 babies. Yeah. Yeah. Has anyone ever She's called like you, you need a tactical leprechaun before? A tactical leprechaun. No, I've been called Ginger Jesus on occasion, no, though. Like I when think my tactical leprechaun. When my I'm not fucking a short dude, though, so that doesn't fit. That's I'm not, okay. I'm not a. And why the fuck would you interrupt <laughs> my Australian <laughs> narrative to fucking. T- Let me talk, ladies and gentlemen. Why the fuck would you interrupt me? Because <laughs> I was thinking about Marines going into like Australia mm-hmm. and, you know, it's like, I don't know. I was thinking about like an. In- <laughs> you fucked up so bad right now. <laughs> We're going to have to edit this shit. Fucking edit this, Kato. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Or don't. I was on this roll. 
about my future ex-wife in Australia, and she's like, you know what? You kind of <laughs> resemble a leprechaun. A tactical <laughs> I want to push you downstairs right now. <laughs> no, Australia. Um, no, I heard that they're, the Marines over there do very well. We do, we've done well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I did well. Do very well. Yeah, I did well. But I was too young to, like, give a fuck. So. Yeah, Australia and Canada. I'm I mean still very much in my young, like, sport fuck everything mode. It's not take anything seriously. Take antibiotics. Yeah, take antibiotics seriously? and keep going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would, uh, you know, now that I'm an old dude and my priorities have completely shifted. Oh, you're a relic. Yeah, I'm a relic. A leprechaun <laughs> relic. A leprechaun <laughs> relic. Don't you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> my God. Who the fuck? Who the fuck? Did, whose idea? Who's I, you know what? Fuck you, Kelsey. This is <laughs> I fault. love you, Kelsey. Fuck you, Kelsey. You look what you did to me. In her little. Uh, she's gonna love this she's She's gonna love it yeah she's gonna get high and fucking listen to this and laugh her ass off i love kelsey yeah her and her husband brady are fucking amazing it's so funny when uh, kelsey and i did the podcast i got a message from buddy of mine who i did my first ever photo shoot with Mm -hmm. it was right after i competed with my motorcycle and he had sent me a message and he's like oh my god i know her husband because he shoots a lot of dirt bikes, and so he, he shoots professionally for um, – and he makes graphics mm-hmm. for dirt bikes. And so he used to work with uh, her husband. It's just a weird little mm. network and circle, yeah. you know. But great, great lady. Yeah, it's a small world. Like, I constantly – I bought her jewelry. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Gotten a lot of compliments mm-hmm. on it. Brass and Navy. Yeah. She makes some great stuff. Really great stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if you guys have been living under a rock and you have not been paying attention. I constantly get DMs from people, too, that have, like, apparently didn't know that I started my own podcast. And then also, or they don't listen to it regularly, and they ask me questions about things that I've talked about a million times. If you have not checked out Brass and Unity, especially for my female listeners, Mm -hmm. go check out Brass and Unity. She makes an amazing line of jewelry. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I have one necklace that I always wear. I have one, and then I actually lock it. Mm, yeah, I like it. And I bought um, a necklace and a bracelet from her. And I don't, like, I'm not a jewelry person. I think it's, like, annoying mm-hmm. to have to accessorize. Maybe just because I'm not good at it. You know, Kelsey's amazing at accessorizing, and so is Nikki. They're, like, putting on the jewelry, and I'm over here, like, I'm a llama. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know how to accessorize. <laughs> so the one I bought, it's just a very simplistic it goes with everything it's her her jack necklace mm. and um it's beautiful all of her stuff is beautiful yeah i think she does a great thing. job of like capturing like simple but elegant pieces mm-hmm. that's the best way to, to describe her stuff is very simple but yet elegant yeah yeah big fan yeah you should definitely people should go check that out or dudes like go buy stuff for your girlfriends or your mm-hmm. wives because yeah. she makes some great stuff. And part of the proceeds go to supporting nonprofits for Which is really cool. mental health for veterans and law enforcement community, first responders. So she's constantly doing fundraising for that. So She's got big plans. Yeah. She's doing good. Yeah, she's building quite the empire. Mm-hmm. She can keep. I like how that's being more, it's not as taboo. It's, yeah. it's, it's being talked about a lot more. I know yeah. that you've done a lot of work with veterans mm-hmm. too. Yeah. To kind of it combat that. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. And if, if she can keep the cunts over at Instagram from killing her account, she's she's doing it's a great... It's so crazy. Mm-hmm. She'll post something about a nonprofit that she's working with, the beer mm-hmm. company, and then she gets flagged. 
which is interesting. Yeah, they'll pull but her But yet post. you could have a chick who's like, oh, here's my cervix, drink my detox tea, who mm-hmm. has 300,000 followers yeah. and doesn't get flagged. Mm-hmm. Yet someone who's actually doing good for the community gets, you know, stripped. Mm-hmm. So I, I just I just don't understand it. Well, they couldn't put up anything that had the word veteran in it on ads on their Facebook what? page. What? Yeah. The word veteran was getting flagged and their ads were getting turned down for on Facebook because of the word veteran. Are you kidding? Nope. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, again, mm-hmm. here's yeah. freaking detox tea. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. I knew she was getting flagged, but I didn't know what was what was uh, registering as a an issue. And now yeah. the whole metaverse is taking over. That's a mm-hmm. whole other conversation. Yeah. That's going to be a scary. deep. Yeah, it's a scary did, did deep. Did you watch Black Mirror at all? I didn't. Did uh, I saw show? a couple. I think I see a couple episodes of it. Did you see the one that pretty much talked about like the social rating? Mm-mm. Oh, man. social credit score stuff. Oh, man. China's doing all of that right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's right now. Black Mirror did a, an episode on that. I think in like, gosh, 20. Like in ago, China, it's ago. getting to the point where like if you are standing on a platform waiting for a train and you're standing too close to somebody that's got a lower score social credit score than you you will get a push notification on your phone to move away are from them are you kidding nope <clears throat> Cato can confirm are you serious yeah like you can't buy you can't get on f- certain flights and you can't buy gas or what's what's the, what are the other things wow yeah so you can't get certain bank loans you can't rent places in certain districts you can't yeah people won't hire you yeah, yeah people won't hire you can't get a job because your social credit score. Yeah. Wow. A lot of people think that the whole Vax passport is the back door to the social credit score system in our country. I can see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see it. Yeah. And they're trying to ostracize people who don't have it. Yeah. Um, look at New York. Mm-hmm. You should ask your buddy about that when you talk to him. Oh, him and I. So my friend that's a <coughs> NYPD officer. Yeah. I'm podcasting Hit, Sh- Hit Shot Show. And we are going to have a very candid and in-depth conversation about the nonsense that's going on over in New York city in terms of all of this. So, and I, I, so the way that they're, the way that they're spinning it is you go into a restaurant I'm the restaurant owner, right. And you don't have it. I require it. So I tell you, Hey, I'm not going to serve you because you don't have the passport Mm -hmm. and you say fucking suck my dick from the back. And Mm -hmm. then I'm like, okay, well now you're (laughs) trespassing. And so you tell me, no, I'm still going to sit here. I'm like, I'm not going to serve you trespassing. Now I call police. And now it's a trespassing issue. Yeah. So now they're violating. Yeah, you yeah know. you're committing a felony by trespassing. Yeah. Well, is it a felony in New York? Because it's a misdemeanor. In Cal- Usually it's just like, hey, get out. Right. You know, until like they start denying it. And in some states, trespassing it. is a felony. Yeah. Like when it starts becoming an issue, like if, if I come to a trespassing call, Say, we don't want this guy in the restaurant anymore. Yeah. We already told him we're not going to serve him, all this kind of stuff. He's causing an issue. He's scaring people. Hey, dude, you got to go. You know, tactical leprechaun out. Yeah. And you're like, hey, no, I'm like, fuck no, like, make me. You know what I mean? Then it becomes. Suck my dick from the back. Yeah. Then it which becomes. Which is now probably going to be my new favorite <laughs> term. <laughs> Little, uh, yeah. See, so you get something out of this. Moni Cock, um, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, God, this could be really bad. Jesus Christ. Um, now, at that point, it becomes resisting arrest. Mm-hmm. And so I can see how quickly it gets spun up 
for them to justify like, okay, well now it's violation of the law, but perception is reality. So now everyone's perceiving is like, well, you just arrested someone for not having a vaccine passport. Mm-hmm. But I understand it's a very slippery slope. Yeah. Very slippery slope. So what do you do as someone in that position? Oh, if I'm in that position, I'm definitely not sticking around to get a trespassing charge. If somebody if tells cop, me to get the fuck out mm-hmm. of there. If you're a cop. Oh, if I'm a cop. Now you're a cop, right? Yeah. And you have to do something, right? If someone's committing the law and you see and like whatever, it's like you kind of. There's em. There's discretion, right? Half a mag at least. You're fired. I'm just, I mean, it's why I can't You're be, fired. A, it's why I can't be a police officer. Yeah. I've told you this several times. I don't have the, I don't have the temperament or the patience to deal with human beings like you and other wonderful, amazing humans that staff law enforcement deal. Like well, I can't, I can't it's, do it. It's slim pickings because a lot of people are leaving because. Mm-hmm. But in seriousness, if I'm a law enforcement officer, one of the things that you are granted as a law enforcement cr- officer, correct me if I'm wrong, is discretion. Mm-hmm. So it's within your wheelhouse and decision-making process as the on-site responder to this situation to have the discretion to see a situation for what it is and maybe not look at it from a black and white perspective, but look at the gray in the middle and be like, okay, cool. This dude is trying to feed his hungry kids right now in Burger King and mm-hmm. is like getting, you know, now that they're, he's getting thrown out because he doesn't have a Vax passport and he's just trying to feed his kids and he's pissed off because he's getting kicked out of a fucking Burger King Okay, I can sympathize with that. Mm-hmm. So totally. I'd I'm be like, like, hey, bro, go outside. I'll buy your family yeah. burgers. Like Correct. Yeah, go stand outside. I'm going to buy your family food right now. What do you want? Yeah, it's that's a, a way. Slope. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, a dangerous, it's a dangerous proposition, I think, is what it is. And it could be – I mean, I've, I've told other people I think this vaccine could start – or not this vaccine, this, uh, this virus and this vaccine issue could very well start some – massive violent well I've just I've been seeing I mean we've had so many people leave you know I told you but my best friend Brandon he um badass guy mm-hmm. right I mean this is someone like I call like when they're like the shit goes wrong I'm yeah. gonna call this guy he was in the Marine Corps and then he was a border patrol agent and then he's with the department and then SWAT and he was a SWAT sniper and this dude has been in firefights. He's been shot at. He's shot. He is a limited threat. Like, mm-hmm. he's a badass guy. Very, he's very experienced guy. Very experienced guy. Um, and guys like him, they've lost half of the sniper team, mm-hmm. have lost half of the full-time SWAT team. Because guys like him, and he's might in, like – He's black. Mm-hmm. Not that that has anything to do with anything, but they try and use certain things in their political propaganda and all this kind of stuff. And he's he gets more heat for being a black police officer than like I would or you mm-hmm. would because people think he's betraying. So he's been through a lot of crap. Yeah. And the vaccine mandate came out and he's like, I'm out. I'm out. And Bridge he went in and turned in his stuff. And they just escort them out like it's trash. Like you will get more service ending a Cox Cable membership. So guys like him, and I mean, he's awesome. You know, he and he has backup plans and all. He obviously like contingency plans, but guys like him, and then half the full time SWAT team, half the, the sniper team. It's like now, what are they going to do? They're going to fill these slots with people who are not who don't have the plethora of experience that they have. Mm-hmm. And so it's so dangerous. I've seen people in the force 
that have, that have come on or that are atrociously dangerous, you know, their life experience is <laughs> making a latte at Starbucks and another cop, another cop. They don't know how to handle stressful situations. They don't know how to talk to people. The bigger issue we talk about social media, they don't have any interpersonal communication skills. They can't have conversations with people. They cannot critically think. And it's scary because this is some like someone's calling you because they're having an emergency in their life. They're having the worst day of their life. They're having and we get that every <coughs> single day, multiple times a day, and you can't talk to them. And then they separate themselves. They don't know how like you're a person. Like you're a person. You eat, breathe, and shit the same way everyone else does. You just do this for your profession, your mm -hmm. career. But you have to have humility and you have to have empathy, unfortunately, for certain situations. Like, you know, it's not just gonna be someone fighting or anything like that it could be someone who just lost their kid or car right. accident, whatever it is, but they don't know how to be courteous and handle things like a human. So they're missing that human element. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to a tactical situation, they don't know what to do. There's been situations where people have run from calls run from situations have caused hostage situations like I mean it's scary the people that they're bringing on right now that are just yes and no men and women and will just follow the narrative because that's what they're told it's scary mm. I don't want that person responding to <coughs> no neither do I my critical incident and that's why again second amendment it's like hey look you have the right to defend yourself you are your own first responder it's gonna take me maybe three to five minutes a lot can fucking happen in three minutes you a can easily be can dead happen. in three minutes. A lot <coughs> can happen in three minutes. In three mm -hmm. minutes, that's fast. Like, if you think about it, like, if I'm across the city and I'm rolling code, like, a shooting comes out or something like that, I'm rolling code, like, three minutes is a, is a decent time because we have so few people out in the field. But when you're in that thing right then and there, three minutes is a lifetime. It's a long time. You can kill a lot of humans in three minutes. In three minutes. Yeah. Active shooters. Yeah. So many people. If you look mm -hmm. at active shooter – statistics yeah. you get how many people are injured or killed in the first three minutes it's a lot yeah usually it stops when mm -hmm. they are confronted with some sort of resistance right whether it's an armed person law enforcement usually they will stop and surrender or, or kill, kill themselves. themselves yeah the majority of the time so imagine like you're grocery shopping that happened in colorado mm -hmm. right grocery shopping and then that happens you are your own first responder yeah. at that point everyone should well, not everyone, but if you are capable, and not every not everyone that's sane and doesn't have any sort of criminal record, I don't think necessarily should handle a gun. Like my mom, I love my mom. My mom's awesome, obviously. She birthed me. She's a great lady. She's very nice. The worst word she's ever said is crap, you know. But she's not the right person. So your mom didn't teach you to suck my dick from the back? No. Yeah. In fact, if she heard that right now, she'd be like. She'd be mortified. Can't believe you just said that. My mom, I gave a shout out to Ron Jeremy. I mean, <laughs> 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 on national TV. So, my mom is deathly afraid of guns, mm. and I've I've tried, but she's just not comfortable with it, and that's yeah. okay. That's okay. If you're not comfortable with it, and like you, you're gonna have. If you're faced with having to actually do something with it, I think a lot of people probably wouldn't be ready. You're absolutely correct. And here's the thing: I would rather have people that have enough honesty with themselves and know their own capabilities to know like, Hey, it's probably not a good idea 
for me to have a gun Mm -hmm. versus the assholes out there that think guns are magic talismans that are just going to ward off evil by themselves. Like if I have this like magic talisman with me, it'll ward off evil and that is not the case. Or someone who sucks with a gun but doesn't realize they suck with a gun and then unfortunately hurts somebody else, causes the situation to be worse by trying to brandish and use a gun in a situation that maybe didn't call for it in the first place that you could have easily de-escalated if you knew what Mm -hmm. the fuck you were doing um, and dealing with human dynamics. But yeah, I think it's way better to, I have way more respect, I should say, for people that have kind of that self-awareness that your mom does where she's like, hey, that's just, isn't for me. And it's, yeah, no matter how much I want to train or would train, like I still Mm -hmm. wouldn't feel comfortable with it. Like, yeah, because I I feel like a lot of it boils down to, training but there are those humans out there that just know like hey i don't want to like no matter what and that's okay yeah that's, that's com- okay that's completely fine that's okay yeah. you know my mom i because at that point if she were to have it it would be used against her mm-hmm. in a situation you know and you know that's dangerous on itself but you know she she had a lot of childhood trauma with uh, like her dad being an abusive alcoholic and mm-hmm. all that so she's very adverse to confrontation my mom like you know, the little Toy Story and T-Rex? Mm-hmm. Like, like, that's my mm-hmm. mom, you know? So she, but my dad, on the other end, is like, cool, I, I think you should learn to, you know, protect yourself and arm yourself and, you know, um, defense classes. I was like the little kid in the karate class. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I... Well, dad uh, was doing a good job because he had you out, like, counting coup on fucking squirrels at an early age. He still, he still will. He'd be yeah. like, yeah, if you want to go shoot some squirrels up there. I lo- and I love their cabin. I go up there all the time. Like I love, I love my alone time. Mm-hmm. I love my me time, and so that's where I, I go up. Mm. Peace and quiet in the mountains, you know. Yeah. There's nothing like it. No. I people severely underestimate alone time, especially in nature. You know. Yeah, I'm going to be hard pressed to leave my compound once it's built. Like no, the reason why you build a compound is you don't have to right. leave it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, self-sustaining. I love traveling. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love traveling. And I plan on, like, hopefully eventually when this stupid fucking COVID bullshit runs its course. How long do you think it's, like, I'm just curious. Like, I mean, how long do you think it's going to run? I think easily for at least another three years. How many variants do you think will come out? I think, like, probably seven. Who the fuck knows? The virus, like, the best thing that I ever heard was some virology doctor fucking say early on in this thing he's like people virus is gonna virus meaning yeah. the virus is gonna do whatever the fucking virus is gonna do yeah. and there's like not much we can do about it so yeah. which has been proven to be the case already so i don't know what do you w- think the next strand's gonna be called i don't know but this is like we had some transformer some transformer shit yeah mm-hmm. this time which I'm going to laugh my ass off if I go take this antibody test and it's I pop positive for this because that means at some point in time over the last two years, probably in the recent time, I've like gotten hit with some COVID and it didn't do jack shit to me. So the internet should just be ready for me to talk so much shit if that's the case. Like the internet should probably pray because I've got some like, I've got some pro fucking narrative vaccination brainwashed humans that are fans of the podcast and we love everybody. Like I'll let everybody come on and say, or, you know, well, that's say, good. say I their mean, piece in the, want in the everyone. DMs. Yeah. And I've been at war with them like for the last two years because they keep trying to like hit me with fucking their bullshit fucking propaganda basically from different angles. And I'm just like, uh, they, they think that they're going to break me down and I'm not a smart human who can't like go collect data and like do a lot of reading in medical journals and all over the place. And come up with my own 
you know, opinion of what I think's going on. And I've been very, very staunch and steadfast. And my opinion has not flexed at all since pretty much day one of this shit happening that I'm like, hey, the fucking science and data doesn't support the hysteria that's going on. And then to have this, I've been saying over and over and over again for the last two years, the things that are finally starting to come to light, you know, Mm -hmm. like about Fauci, about the origin of the virus, about like how did it escape from the lab? Yeah. People have been calling me a conspiracy theorist for two years and that I'm a fucking dipshit, tinfoil hat wearing fuck. But now the things that I was like supposedly a tinfoil hat fuck about are now actually facts and reality in real life two years later. Like I was putting up stuff on my page in 2020 about Vax passports Mm. and about having your papers. Like I was talking shit about like having your Nazi papers fucking two years ago, like summer, summer of 20 thought that that wouldn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. And then hello, guess where we're at now. So my theory is probably another three years and it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. Like this situation is going to come to a head. I mean, the narrative, the momentum is already starting to deflate. So they're going to do something extreme to try and like reinstill the fear. I think they're going to, to regain control. Close domestic borders. They may do that or close it may become travel. a, yeah, it may be a thing where you can't mm-hmm. get on an airplane unless you've got a fucking vax. I think that's probably next. And, and then it's going to be shutting down state borders. Yeah. Which... Could happen. Get, yeah. Could it happen. would be National Guard and mm-hmm. federal police. Yeah. And that's going to cause major shit. I think that's going to cause major shit that people, A, are not ready for, and B, uh, I don't want to see they're happen. They're making it more and more palatable. And yeah. there's certain types of language that they keep c- putting out yeah. to kind of input it and brainwash people slowly but surely. Yep. And I think the scarier part is the possibility that they would want to lead up to a police state. Yeah. And just eliminate Well, that's what they've been inching. That, yeah, that's what level. they've been inching forward with. Yeah. Closer I think and it's closer getting closer and closer. And closer. Yeah. And it's it's easy cuz they can make it uh, they can just give the narrative of like, "Oh, well, look at all these crazy instances with city police." Like, "Oh, the training's different. All oh, the requirements are different." Well, if we just make it all one set and steady rules and training, We'll eliminate that. So it'll become more palatable for people to wrap their minds around mm-hmm. having a police state, federal police all around. Yeah, I don't. Th- I hope it does not get to that point, but who knows? I think I definitely think we're in for some more shit in the next three years, and hopefully it'll settle down enough to where people can be like, oh, okay, well, we can be done with this COVID thing. I mean, I think I've seen some things on mainstream media where, like, even – some of the people on like the liberal side of the house on the mainstream media are getting really sick of what's going on and they have mm-hmm. voiced that in mainstream media. So I don't, I'm hoping that this, what maybe it'll just get a little bit worse and then maybe fizzle out, but who knows, who knows what the second, While the third, money's still there, they're gonna fourth, still try and push it. of course, uh, who knows what the third and fourth order effects of this nonsense are going to be on a larger level. We'll see with like what just passed. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just don't know anymore. Like, we can make predictions, but mm-hmm. it's... So far, my predictions have been accurate. So Are you like an oracle now? No, more like a leprechaun. <laughs> Tactical leprechaun. <laughs> you know what? That could be a good logo. No, not in a million years. I'm drawing it. I'm six <laughs> foot three. You're never going to be able to, like, sell the... No, you're not. Yeah. You're like... No. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Yeah, what are you talking about? You're like five, t- five nothing. I'm tactical size. Yeah, no, you're fucking like tiny size. Tactical size. I've Kelsey and I talked about this. We're tactical size. No, that's mm-hmm. the dumbest shit ever. You're like. No, I've we can fit through small places. Like if you need someone to like shove and clear an attic, like 
or your, no. you know. Mm-hmm. That beer can that you're drinking out of is taller than you, okay? I'm tactical size, okay. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if you're tactical size, then that just defeats your narrative of me being a tactical leprechaun because I'm six foot three. You know, that's kind of, you're discriminating thinking that all leprechauns are short. They are. Except for it's fucking science. Except for what? Except, fuck off. <laughs> it's science. What do you want to close with? I don't know. There's so many. There's so many, so many things. So many room. So much room for opportunity. Yeah. Activities. Mm-hmm. I think we'll have to have you back on because this is probably like going to be an all time. This is going to be an all time podcast. Like people. I don't think I'm so. Get, oh yeah. <laughs> you just called it like the dumbest mm-hmm. podcast. I mean, it's the it's the best. <laughs> du- it's the best dumbest. He's podcast looking at. He's like, oh done. god, I can't wait to just edit out. I'm going to get the, the d- entire the, thing. The DMs. No, he's not editing shit. <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of work. <laughs> so much work. So much work. There's going to be this, the DMs from this are going to be great. I don't know. What do you think we should close with? Advice. Advice. Yeah. Advice. Give some life advice. Oh my gosh. Well, let's you start with this. Where, where can people find you? Cheese. Do you want people to find you? Did you just say eat the cheese? Yeah, eat all the cheese. Like just eat all the cheese. Don't you know what? Lactose you know what? Is not just eat it. Step just into my office. It's you're fine. Fired. It's f- just eat the fucking cheese. Okay, fine. Diets, no. Eat the cheese. Sorry. I don't know. There's so much advice. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Okay, we'll you just can't just ask that. me to close. You just you have to find something that we we land upon, and it's great. And you're like, cool, we're closing. There's nothing better than that. Where do you want people to find you? Do you want to put your tags out? Art Hawk Creations. At Art Hawk Check Creations. Out my pumpkins. Do you want to put your website out? What's your website? ArtHawk.com. ArtHawkCreations.com. ArtHawkCreations.com. And then on the Insta, it's at ArtHawkCreations. Is it? What is Art it? ArtHawkCreations. Okay. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Check out my pumpkins. Go check out her pumpkins. <laughs> okay. I think that'll do it because we're at fucking two hours and 14 minutes of nonsense. Good job. It was a lot of nonsense, actually. It was fucking hilarious. This is one of the most <laughs> fun podcasts I've done. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't Katie laughed like, like that during a podcast. I cried. Maybe. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was yeah. leaking over here, yeah. your mask. I'm going to get struck. <laughs> it's going to be so awesome. Okay, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Thanks for joining us mm-hmm. and sticking through the whole thing. <laughs> we will catch you on the flip side. Peace. Tactical.